here with our man dynamite david and we're back on the air football season's getting ready to kick off soccer season is getting ready to kick off sports are getting ready to kick back off and so it's up to us here to preview uh college football nfl football soccer we're going to change the format a little bit here and just Talk sports, all sports, so we can sort of do all our sports. We will still have our pick show coming in uh, every week, both college football and NFL. Dynamite Davis is going to join us with his NFL picks this year, so it should be a fun year. We're going to break it all down. We're going to do a a format here where we're going to talk uh, starter conference previews in college football. We're going to go over Conference USA and the uh, uh, Sunbelt Conference. We're going to start our NFL preview. We're going to start out with the NFC East. Uh, Then the Premier League uh, starts in a week. So we're going to give our future bets on the Premier League, preview the Premier League a little bit. And uh, Liga also kicks off. I I, I know the Dynamite isn't as familiar. I'm not as familiar. I know about eight teams where, uh, uh, but definitely Premier League. Yeah. We got a, I got a couple bets in league. Uh, uh, PSG I, is good. <laughs> PSG is good. <laughs> PSG to win is always the uh, safe bet here. But uh, we'll come to that. We'll have our picks uh, every week. Probably solo picks. Uh, you know, weekly once the season gets started. Maybe uh, we have one or two where I can get my stuff done early but just kind uh, of whatever we're feeling week yeah. to week uh but you know you're an early betting man yeah, and I i'm like a get, late betting man i like getting man. those early lines so uh <laughs> we we at least don't have to rush into anything and you can have your stuff ready early and i can have my stuff uh ready late when i'm sort of ready to bet but uh let's kick things off with our college football uh preview and let's start out in conference usa uh not much of a conference. Yeah, a lot of departures. <laughs> a lot of departures, a lot of movement going around. Uh, a couple of subdivision teams uh, moving up here. Uh, Sam Houston, Jacksonville State, uh, two pretty good uh, subdivision teams. Yeah. So, Along uh, with Independent Liberty. And Liberty moving from the Independents into uh, Conference USA here. So uh, should be a... Uh, Might not fill all the holes yes, that they lost I, with Charlotte and... Uh, But I think, uh, you know, a couple of those teams, like I said, Jacksonville State, Sam Houston, have been good subdivision teams. Uh, They sit in good recruiting bases as well, so they should be able to get the talent up there. Uh, But the subdivision teams uh, won't be eligible, so it's a... Very, very small conference. Yeah, uh, seven teams eligible to win, I <laughs> and, believe. And uh, really only about two good teams that I, I, I think really even has the talent to even compete at, at a high level. So uh, I, I guess let's get started and start off with the uh, Western Kentucky Hilltoppers yeah. here. Win total sits at uh, eight and a half. I know you've been big on uh, Western Kentucky the last uh, couple years. Uh, last year they... 
started out slowly, but uh, picked up steam mm-hmm. and uh, really finished out the uh, conference season really, really well. They look like the uh, class here, definitely. Uh, what do you make? What do you make of Western Kentucky here? I mean, it's they're you're. You're going to get what they've given you the last few years. Really good offense. Um, their defense was slightly better last year, which led to you know their nine and five year. Uh, created a lot of turnovers with their defense. Uh, they lost. I think they're only bringing back four starters on defense this yeah. season. Uh, but they bring back their their starting quarterback, their starting running back, uh, most of their starting wide receivers. So expect a lot on offense here. You know. They're, they're the favorites for a reason. I, I don't like the juice at, you know, just even money basically to win the conference. Yeah. Um, so uh, maybe a little little bit better than that. I think it was like 3-1 to one last I lost yeah. all to, to win the conference, which isn't that great uh, considering you've got Liberty there. And plus other, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what we get from all these teams across this conference with, yeah. with the teams leaving and the teams coming in. It's year to year. It's going to be really hard to judge the win totals here because we're not sure how these teams are going to fare against yeah. these others. But I think the the big besides Liberty, Western Kentucky is probably the the biggest known commodity yeah. returning this year. <clears throat> I think and that win total at eight and a half is probably right on par. I, I think they can get that uh, just simply because of the the talent discrepancy this year versus last year. Yeah. Well, we knew last year when we all. Western Kentucky really had a murderous schedule. It seems like they've uh, scaled that back at least a little bit here. Ohio State's still on the schedule. It, it probably, to go from a maybe, a, I, I want to say, 10-win team to what they were last year, a 9-win team, really hinges probably on that South Florida game. They should be able to win that offensively. Uh, South Florida still struggles a little bit uh, to find their form from, you know, 10, yep. 15 years ago. Uh, so maybe they could climb to that 10, maybe 11 win schedule. Uh, I, I don't think they'll have any problem in the conference here. They were 6-2 and two, uh, last year. I, I look for that to be matched. Really, you're looking at maybe at Louisiana Tech on a Thursday night. That's a difficult game. Always going into La Tech. Liberty comes to them, but they're yep. a team with equal talent. I don't really see much in conference that would trip them up. So it's, do you think they can get to 10 or 11 with this offense? Because I think it's two years in a row because you've been on them. Uh, yeah, I've made a little bit of money on them the but last couple all, years. They've started so bad, but then once they hit conference play, they've been so good. Can they start good and finish good this year? Yeah, and you know, even, you know, road game at Troy, that yeah. could be difficult. Troy had, uh, Probably one of the best defenses yes. in uh, the... That was my big money win from uh, last year. We'll get to them in the Sun Belt. Not yeah. getting the same yeah. odds since not, last not, year. Not to get too far ahead here. Yes. But, but yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I talked about to this with you earlier, uh, the midweek schedule. Yes. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting in some Conference USA with my Maction here. We're going to get a lot of Tuesdays and Thursdays, especially in that October You'll have to follow the Dynamite range. on Twitter uh, for so those. a lot of midweek action <laughs> uh, in Conference USA. So uh, I'm excited for that yeah. Well. Definitely. Um, let's move on to Liberty here, the team moving from uh, independent in here. A lot of money, uh, pulls a lot of talent. Definitely a uh, new coach who frees, leaves, uh, makes his way back to the SEC. Uh, Chadwell takes over here from Coastal Carolina. Honestly, Probably a coaching upgrade if you're uh, asking me. I don't know if everybody would believe that, but uh, I've watched both coaches. (laughs) I like this Coastal Carolina guy. Uh, I think we all know I'm not a huge, huge freeze guy. 
Uh, you know, it, it's they definitely have talent because they get a lot of transfers. They have a lot of money. Uh, in Conference USA, I think they're the biggest school. I think they have an enrollment of about 44,000 people. So this is easily the biggest school in Conference USA. Yeah. But I think other than that year, maybe three or four years ago, when they sort of surprised people and then sort of made it on everybody's map, I I, I think they've been disappointing basically every year, including last year where I thought they were pretty disappointing as well. Can they jump into Conference USA and uh, uh, sort of not be disappointing this year? Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Jamie Chadwell. I, I thought this was a good uh, acquisition. I'm, I'm still kind of shocked. You know, you said it was money. Uh, I think it was kind of a lateral move in my opinion. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see a, a real step up in program, but um, interesting to see if he can bring in his... Well, I think we'd uh, say... Sunbelt, probably a better football conference than yeah. uh, Conference USA right now, even with the additions. Yeah, so I don't I don't know if he's just, you know, you know, Liberty's been kind of, you know, promoting people uh, more. And I, I don't know. I just I thought he'd built something really good at Coastal yes. and, and could have moved on to something and bigger. And on the beach in Myrtle Beach. And, and could have moved on to <laughs> a, a bigger program from there. But, you know. We'll see. I, I, you know, we don't know exactly how much money he's getting. Yes. Uh, I'm interested to see how quickly he can implement his his offense yeah, in, in here. It's it's slightly different. It's more disciplined than what he was running. Um, I think that's just a life lesson. <laughs> uh, so we'll we'll see. I mean, it is a good offense, but I, I don't know if it'll be immediate year one success. Maybe year two, three. So that's why I think another reason why Western Kentucky is so heavily, heavily favored this year in the conference. Uh, so I, I think the schedule's you know definitely uh, a lot easier than what Liberty's used to with the yes. conference changes because they lost a lot of the tough guys out of the conference. So I definitely think it's a one-two punch between them and Western Kentucky. That's why their win total's sitting at eight and a half as well. But yeah, not so certain on the over there as I am Western Kentucky. I, I could definitely see an under eight and a half. Here well, for I, Liberty. I I agree with you there because I, I just. I think we've seen this team disappoint playing, you know, uh, teams like Bowling Green and Buffalo who are on their schedule. Uh, certainly at Buffalo will be a difficult game. I'm assuming Bowling Green coming there, they can probably pull that out. But yeah. uh, uh, I think Bowling Green, both you and I, surprised us the year before when uh, we thought they were terrible, and then all of a sudden they were contending out of there. Uh, I'm Like you, I'm curious how their offense will, if they will be able to, uh, come right out of the gate like it, it took coastal a couple years before yeah. they started really really uh flowing so i wonder if he can sort of get them going or they start a little slow don't have a lot of returning starters now you know we'll start now by this day and age that doesn't always mean a ton because well, the transfer portal and I, liberty's a hub for yeah, the transfers too it's you know it, it's remaking veteran players they probably need to on these sheets now having players experience than you know returning starters from your team because uh you just hit that transfer portal and you might get a guy who's been playing two three years at some other school mm -hmm. coming into yours which isn't necessarily a returning starter for you but is a guy who's gonna hit the ground running yeah for sure so i'm curious but uh, uh there's if we were doing a tier system i i think out of Conference USA. It's Western Kentucky, Liberty, and Line. 
Yes, for sure. And then we'll probably just go through the next couple of schools, which always seem to be a wild card. We we try to guess them every year, and either they overachieve or underachieve. And I think the poster boy for that will probably be Middle Tennessee State. Yes. Because uh, I think they overachieved and underachieved all in the same season last year because uh, they had a big upset last year, but then uh, proceeded uh, to uh, just melt every game past that. Uh, I, I don't know if we qualify quite uh, the University of Miami being a big upset, but uh, certainly they didn't have the same talent but put a lot on them uh, last year. Their win total sits at six and a half, which sort of seems about right because I, I think you I, just don't know what you're going to get. Well, I, I, I think you're going to get a drop-off from last year, uh, but I think they also benefit greatly from the departures yes. in the conference. They, I think you know they could make that move from the middle of the conference team to the just near the top tier, like you said, I think they could be right below. They could be the top team below yeah. those top two guys on the line. But, you know, you never know with Middle Tennessee. Yeah. It, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what we get. Um, maybe they can make a jump and get yes. up there with Western Kentucky and Liberty. Like I said, I think Liberty could regress some this year. And, and this is the first team you look at uh, behind that line. Um, you know, but starting off with two SEC yes. teams is always tough. And you got to refocus once you get into conference uh, beyond yeah, that. Definitely so. Uh, Rick Stockstill has been there for uh, forever, basically <laughs> my whole uh, adult life. He may be one of the top tenured coaches in yeah, college football. Uh, he's been there forever. Uh, I wouldn't call him like a great coach, but he's pretty solid. He runs the program. You know, Middle Tennessee could be a you know. A bottom tier program, which they certainly aren't that. They usually play pretty solid football. They can occasionally pop up with an upset, but uh, they also occasionally pop up and disappoint and get an upset. So I think that's why that number sits at six and a half. I'm curious to see how they handle this Conference USA season. Uh, plus 700 to win the conference. It, it might be a little worth it because, uh, you know, half the two of the teams in this conference get, aren't even eligible to win it. You might be able to sneak through if, if Liberty disappoints. Yeah. Uh, you know, <clears throat> but... The major games you look at, yeah. you look at the Liberty, the Western Kentucky, and, and, and New Mexico State. And I, I think Louisiana Tech's a bit of a 50-50 yeah, there. I kind of got them in the same boat. Uh, but if they can upset one of those top Liberty or Western Kentucky, I mean, they'd be right there. I, I, I think they're definitely going to get wins over the, the a couple of the newer entries, yes. FIU maybe. Um, so it's 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 going to be close. I, I, I think you're probably looking at anywhere from four and four to – to to maybe six and two yeah. in the conference maybe, uh, but it it really depends. You know, Western Kentucky could run the table in yeah. the conference. That's what if you, if you have a Western Kentucky and Liberty pretty much running the table, I four and four probably is more likely. I I don't know if they could climb to that five because they're due a letdown somewhere, uh, and that sort of always hurts them. But. Uh, Maybe a little value there at the 700 to win the conference. I don't think if they got in a conference championship game, they'd be able to handle yeah. you know, Liberty or uh, Western Kentucky. Uh, but we'll move on to the next one. Uh, New Mexico State, I, I don't put them in quite the same tier as uh, Middle Tennessee State. Uh, their win total is the same level, six and a half. Uh, this... 
the basketball team is the one who's been having trouble, but the whole athletic department at New Mexico State's been a pretty big mess. I, I think that spills over in to here. I, I will say Jerry Kill is there, but he, he, I, I've loved him at Northern Illinois. I liked him when he went to Minnesota. He does have the seizure thing. I, I think that has to factor a little bit because you never know when that's going to kick up, and then he has to go away, and that could totally fall off a cliff. They did win seven games last year, but they played a, a really, really weak schedule. Yeah, uh, This one starts out a little bit weak, but uh, I'm just – I respect the coach. I don't respect the program, I think, is where I sit with New Mexico. State. Yeah, if I've got a lean here under the six and a half is definitely my lean. But, you know, last year they started out 0-4 yeah. and then finished the year 7-2 and to, to get 7-6. and six. And then even got a, a bowl, yeah. uh, bowl game win over uh, uh, Bowling Green. Yes. Uh, so, uh, strong finish. We all tuned in for that bowl game. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, I don't think we can count out New Mexico State. But I, I don't see them having as high upside as, as say, a Middle Tennessee or, uh, heck, even maybe a, a UTEP or Louisiana yeah. Tech. I, I think these guys, you know, like you said, this second tier, it's so gray uh, between, you know, Middle Tennessee and these next four teams. I could see it going either way, but six and a half, I think, is a little strong. Um, it, it'll really come down to if they can sweep the newcomers. I, I don't think they can beat Liberty, uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, they were an independent last year. They're the other independent moving in. And you, you mentioned that they started 0-4, where they started playing, uh, I wouldn't say good football teams, but solid to okay football teams. And then that back half of their schedule got really, really light. They yeah. sort of scheduled it so they could win. It's kind of the reverse this year. <laughs> a handful of games. <laughs> I'm interested as they move into a conference and, and play – face some teams in a conference where they don't have scheduled wins. You might look at Massachusetts and Western Illinois scheduled wins, but I don't think you ever mark down scheduled wins for somebody like New Mexico State. That's true. Uh, doing that is a little dangerous. And, and then the schedule gets pretty rough. At Liberty, at New Mexico, at Hawaii, that's three really, really tough road games by then you're in your full conference slate uh, with, you know, uh, an Auburn uh, sitting yeah. in there. So Seven games on the road, too. Yeah. Uh, that six and a half does not speak to me all that much. am interested to see if Jerry Kill can grow this program, but I, I'm not – quite as sold on New Mexico State here. Let's uh, let's move to Louisiana Tech. This would be the other team I'd probably jump into the tier uh, with Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, really, really bad year last year, but you know, it, it, it's like I said, they sort of, every time you think they're down, they pop up with a, you know, 7-8-9 win season. Every time you think they're going to have a 7-8-9 win season, they have a tough season like they did last year. Uh, still pulled off a couple wins at home. They're always dangerous at home. Uh, and a solid program with a solid recruiting base. Uh, Sonny Cumbie's in his second year here. I think that offense will start to come around this year. So uh, I, I think there's a little potential with yep. this team here. Uh, be interesting uh, how they 
look after a, a tough year last year, but I kind of like Louisiana Tech. They would sort of be my sleeper in Conference USA if I was taking one off the group that isn't Liberty or Western. Yeah, I'm definitely liking the over five and a half here. I think this is another team that can benefit uh, from some weaker teams moving in and some stronger teams moving out. Yeah. Uh, three and nine last year uh, really struggled, kind of fell below where they normally hang out in the conference. They're normally in and around where Middle Tennessee hangs out. Um, And I think they can get back up to that level again this year. So I think five and a half is is totally doable. I'd say uh, anywhere from six to, uh, heck, even uh, seven or eight wins. I think they could climb to eight, um, uh, certainly if they get hot in conference. Yeah, this schedule's uh, definitely uh, a little bit more... uh, feasible then you know I, I actually like theirs better than new mexico states yes. that's why i think uh that it's interesting that their over under is is lower because uh, I, th- I think this louisiana tech team could be right there it could even go up to uh say third in the conference uh behind liberty and western kentucky well i think it reverses a little bit where we were talking about uh new mexico state joining conference mm-hmm. and having a difficult time whereas i think sort of the weakening of conference usa might benefit here. Yes. Louisiana Tech, they might get some cheapy wins that they didn't get last year. When uh, Conference USA was pretty good last year. Yeah. With UAB, uh, with uh, UTEP, a couple of the other Texas teams, Western Kentucky. I mean, I, I wouldn't call it a great conference, but there was enough top-heavy teams. UTSA, yeah. Yeah, UTSA, uh, where they couldn't just walk in and get wins i think a lot of these teams they can walk in and get wins certainly at home yeah i mean i I think you could arguably say that conference usa is is probably the weakest of the fbs teams this year definitely so uh all right so let's move probably to our last sort of tier and then we'll get to the sort of bottom one uh utep uh, i i sort of like them last year they did hit their oval win total uh we're not as successful, I thought they'd be more in the 7-8 range, uh, but their win total last year was 4.5. Got that 5. I'm, I'm having trouble sort of judging this team. A lot of people return. Uh, they may be ones that benefit yeah. uh, from sticking around in this conference where it gets weaker. Uh, but they weren't as good as I, I thought they'd be last year. I think the coach... Uh, I don't want to say on the hot seat because it's UTEP. I, if you win five to seven games, you're probably okay. But uh, I, I, I'm interested what you think of this UTEP team because I was pretty high on them last year. They did disappoint me a little bit, but a lot of those people I was high on last year are back. So. Well, you know, this team started six and one last year, yeah. but then really limped to the finish to finish seven and five. Uh, but none of their wins were over a team with a winning record. None. Um, now, they do benefit this year. They got 15 returning starters, um, but they finished the year with Western Kentucky at Middle Tennessee Liberty. Yeah. Uh, I think that's loss, loss, loss. I think throwing <laughs> even that at Sam Houston, which is sort of a battle for recruits for those two. Sam yeah. Houston will be wanting to sort of move themselves above UTEP in the Texas sort of pecking order for those yeah. second-tier recruits. I, I think five and a half is, is strong on the over uh, for the win totals. I, I, I Not strong for the over. I think that's too strong uh, to hit that over. I think you're actually probably playing it safe going under yeah. there for sure. Um I, I mean, you know, you've got definitely three non-conference losses. Yes. Uh, and, and then, you know, heck, Incarnate Word's been well, really good in the I subdivision. put the <laughs> Incarnate Word. Just, I know a lot of guys transferred out, but yeah. they have a program with money and has had success. So uh, 
granted, Northwestern might not even be playing so, their season, so uh, yeah, that might have to be a fill-in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I think they could fall to the bottom of, like I said, this gray area yeah. uh, in this in this second tier um, of of Middle Tennessee, Louisiana Tech, uh, New Mexico State. I think they could fall to the bottom of yeah. that that grouping. Uh, I'm curious here. What do you think of? Before we get to the bottom tier teams, uh, you know, we've seen it in the MAC where it, it gets a little crazy. What do you think the sort of home road thing will do to these Conference USA teams now that they're playing Tuesday, Wednesday nights? It, it It's fun watching the MAC, but it, it makes it a little difficult to bet because you never know what's going to happen if a good team is going on the road yeah. somewhere else. And I, I didn't mark this down, and I should have, but I heard a nugget that there's a couple teams that are going to be playing about five games in a three, three-and-a-half-week yeah. span because of this weird yes. scheduling, uh, which that could always factor in no matter how good you are. Um, but I, I should have made note of that, and I, I, I didn't, so I don't have it in front of me, but we'll, we'll have to look at yeah, that. Definitely. Uh, I think that's something to keep your sort of eyes and ears open during the week and sort of look at how many games these teams have played because a lot of these teams may be solid, in the starters, but that's where they sort of drop off once you have to start putting second, third string guys in there. The, the drop-off becomes really, really, really big. Yeah, I, I think we're dropping a tier here. Uh, you know, I, I think the two subdivision teams probably a little better than some tink, much like uh, we talked about last year when James Madison moved in. Mm-hmm. We'll start with Jacksonville State. Uh They've always uh, been a good subdivision teams where a lot of the uh, Florida, Alabama, Louisiana uh, second tier sort of recruits go to either rehab their image or just, uh, you know, transfer down a level from Division One. So they've always been a pretty solid program. Rich Rodriguez takes over here. So I I think this team could have a little life to them. Of course, they're uh, not eligible to win the conference, but uh, sort of like James Madison, I I think there's – a handful of games here where they can cause some trouble. Uh, definitely so. I, I think Rich Rodriguez sort of got lost in the shuffle here, but I, I still respect him as a football coach, certainly offensively on, on that side of things. So. Yeah, I'd say in this conference, one of the, you know, definitely the most experienced coach yeah. in, 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 in the conference uh, and big time uh, school experience. Yes. Uh, returning 16 starters on this team. Uh you know, we'll see how they do in this conference. Um, you know, got a pretty good swing game against UTEP to start the yeah. conference uh, play out in week one. Um, but, uh, you know, good offense, you know, what you, what you expect from Rich Rodriguez. But, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure, you know, with the, the road game at Coastal Carolina, at Middle Tennessee, yeah. uh, you know, pretty much – Losses, I think Liberty and Western Kentucky at home. Can they get more than two or three conference wins? I, I don't know. No, I, I, I was thinking this might be one where they could sneak up on uh, one of those middle tiers. Uh, you know, Louisiana Tech coming there late in the season uh, might have a difficult time. Uh, you know, uh, the UTEP game's early, so that I think will be difficult, but they might catch them off guard too, whereas uh, – I think UTEP would be smart enough to know, but you never yeah. know. Uh, but, uh, you know, at New Mexico State, difficult place to go, certainly in the winter, but uh, I, I think they could maybe 
I'd look for them more to start slow and, and then maybe their close a, a little bit. FIU, South Carolina, Wash, but Louisiana Tech, uh, New Mexico State. Uh, those last three, there could be a possibility where they could go two and one in that where the record would go four and a half, five. It, it probably sits in and around, uh, right around that number. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd be aggressive going either way. I think they're a bit of a wild card. Yeah. I, I probably would hint over if I was forced to make a bet on it, but uh, you just never know how these teams will transition, how they'll hold up with injuries going through. But uh, I, I certainly think this team will, will be uh, – well enough coached and uh, have enough athleticism certainly to hang here in Conference USA. Uh, we're going to go to FIU. Uh, I think this will be the worst. Granted, Mac- Mike McIntyre uh, takes over. This is like Rehab Conference U for a handful of these coaches. I, I liked Mike McIntyre as well, uh, but ever since he, he sort of bailed on San Jose State, uh, he's sort of been floating around. Hasn't found his... Uh, footing again since then I just don't think this team will be very good they were really really bad last year I I look for them to be really really bad once again the only thing I can say is they've been in this conference they know this conference maybe they can creep a couple wins here it's difficult to go there certainly uh, early in the year when it's still warm and uh, teams are uh, having cramping issues and stuff like that but I just don't think there's a lot of talent. Yeah, here. FIU, I think, uh, is going to be the team that uh, these newcomers, Jacksonville State and Sam Houston State, they're going to have mm. FIU circled on the calendar as opportunity for a good win. And FIU could fall to the bottom of the conference. They were tied for ninth last year, uh, only two and six in the conference, and it could get worse this year. I don't know uh, uh, potential to go winless in the conference uh two years ago they did go yes. winless in the conference uh, improved a little bit last year but uh I don't, I don't see it uh at all uh i'm seeing maybe two yeah at most three wins i still think the under three and a half hits i i also think uh their early schedule uh at louisiana tech uh maine who you know is a subdivision team but uh also is a it's probably one of the top ones up in the Northeast. Now, they aren't very good, but I don't put that as a runaway. North Texas will murder them at Connecticut. Connecticut played good football last yeah. year, if anybody remembers. Uh, then Liberty, then a bye week, then at New Mexico State, uh, then UTEP, then at Santa Sam Houston. It's That's a tough, and yeah. things could start to spiral yeah. badly, and I think if that happens, then... Maybe they start packing it up and are not as gritty as I don't see any. I don't see any path to the four wins on the over here. I think uh, I think the under is actually a pretty safe play. Yeah, I I would definitely. You know, I'm not big on uh, you know hitting overs or uh, hitting unders on low wins, but that three and a half. That's four. That's matching last year's. And even and last year was a up year for them. I think kind of. (laughs) I think it was a miracle they got the four. So. I, I don't see that. Uh, next, we'll move to Sam Houston, the other one jumping in. I, I, this is a subdivision team, which I think can make some noise. Uh, can they do it right off the bat? I don't know, but this has been a good subdivision program, uh, really, since I, I've basically been paying attention to football. They'll have good players. They'll have good uh, athletes. Great coach. A good coach who's won basically 
at every division he's been in. Now, he's not known because he's been in the smaller divisions, but he's taken programs. Yeah, he built a program at Delaware. Yes. (laughs) And that's, he wins. And I assume he will come in here and win at Sam Houston. They, They sit in a great recruiting base. It's a... It's a pretty big school too. It's uh, it's a small school in in playing subdivisions, but it's a big Texas school uh, that I think will get players in there now that they're in uh, Division One. I. I look for them to be a little bit of a sleeper. I think they can skip over that three and a half yeah. win total. Aren't eligible to win the conference, but I think they'll be a good football team right off the bat. Uh, last year they you. You know, you told me they sort of redshirted a bunch of guys because they mm-hmm. weren't eligible to be in those subdivision playoffs. But the year before, they were one of the best subdivision teams in the uh, league, and that's been a consistent thing for them for a very, very long time. Yeah, they had a lot of talent on this team two years ago. Uh, they went undefeated in the regular season, knocked out in the semis of the playoffs. Uh, and then a lot of guys from that team redshirted last year, going to come back with a lot of experience this year and bringing back almost all the starters from last year's squad. Uh I look at that three and a half is very doable. I think this, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be after FIU. I think they can get Kennesaw State. Uh, I think, you know, then you've got Jacksonville State, UTEP, Middle Tennessee is kind of toss ups there to get to that uh, third and fourth win. Uh, so I think it's very possible and uh, a well coached team that I think could quickly build to become one of the better teams in the next few years of the Conference USA. Yeah, uh, once I get <laughs> off that uh, uh, sort of suspension to win the conference, I'm. I'm looking to grind them heavy pretty quickly. Uh, Kennesaw State comes in, in uh, uh, not this year, but next year. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, Sam Houston will probably end up working their way uh, into being one of the top teams out of Conference USA for a pretty consistent amount of time, uh, basically as long as Keller stays. I, I don't If he starts winning, I don't know how long he'll be there, but he he's – He's had offers to move up, and he's always sort of hovered around there. So maybe he sticks around, tries to build that up at Sam Houston. But uh, that sort of wraps up uh, Conference USA. We'll move on to the Sun Belt uh, here. All right, the Sun Belt Conference. uh, Probably one of our favorite concerts. I think we've enjoyed talking about them uh, the last handful of years, yeah. and I think it's no different again this year. Yeah. This is a loaded conference with a lot of good football teams. Uh, I think this is when I make my case for relegation, where some SEC teams should drop out <laughs> and go to the Sun Belt, and a couple of these teams should bounce up into uh, the SEC. Well, definitely we, last couple of years with uh, you know Coastal, and then yeah. the previous decade App yes. State, and a few other dominant yes. teams. Yes, I. I it won't ever happen because of money, but uh, this would be my sort of. I would be curious if Vandy got sent down yeah. into the Sun Belt if they'd run right back up into the SEC or start dropping down in the Sun Belt as well. Uh, anyway, uh, let's kick things off here with uh, our old friend Appalachian State. Uh, yeah. Interesting season last year. The. Uh, uh, I don't know. The game that started you off on your bad streak. Uh, yeah, that 60-something <laughs> point shootout against North Carolina. With North Carolina. Then the next week they come around and beat they A&M. They beat Troy, too. Beat A&M, then beat Troy on the Hail Mary. Yeah. I, I think you started out the year 0-3 on hitting Happy <laughs> State games. Uh, but uh, Down year for them. 
but down year. Yeah. Uh, but weird down year because basically they were in mm-hmm. or around every game. I, I think they were up uh, like 28-3 to 3 well, on Coastal and ended well, up losing. And Yeah, they lost a big comeback to Coastal. And, you know, they beat Troy, who yeah. went on to win the conference. Yeah. So, uh, uh, they beat A&M. Now, granted, A&M was uh, atrocious. But if you're going yeah. into A&M and winning, yeah. that's uh, still something. Uh, I I think they're going to be good, uh, but will it be a little bit more the same where it's sometimes they look great uh, and sometimes they look like they're giving up uh, 400 yards a game? I, I, I will say I was never a big fan of Chase Bryce. I, I thought he was – basically they played how I, I watched Chase Bryce play, which is he'll hit a 70-yard throw uh, – like on that Hail Mary, yep. and then he'll make two stupid interception plays. I think they might be a little bit more consistent and uh, safe uh, going through here, which will probably benefit them. But uh, what do you make of Happy State this year? Yeah, I think I think while last year was a weird year, it was a down year for them, and, and their win total is at six and a half. Yeah. And the down year for them last year was six. I think they're going to get over that. I think we're looking for uh, a bounce back. They lost a lot of close uh, one-score games. I know they did win benefit from that some. Um, but I, I think I think they're going to be among the competitors for the top of the East there. Um, and I, I look for them in the 7-8, maybe creep up to 9 wins. Yeah. So I think the 6.5 is, is generous, and I, I, I like the over there for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. That's 6.5 and, and the uh, 8.50 to win the conference. Now, uh, I mean – Everybody's pretty big on in this conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, money line wise, if you're betting to win the conference, because I, I think uh, like last year with Troy, you could probably mark five, six teams that theoretically could uh, find a way to win this conference. And, and you know, James Madison's still yes. ineligible, and, and that's James one of the biggest Madison, biggest competitors in that division. But they also count for conference losses. That's true. <laughs> if you play them, which Happy State was one of the teams that lost uh, to James Madison last year. I, I look for a better team this year. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you're getting the gift here with that six and a half. They very seldom have I, I seen this, even with the changes basically starting in, I mean, the late 90s with coaching changes every couple of years because the coaches get poached. They've been able to always acquire talent. They sit in a pretty good spot there out of the Carolinas, in the Georgias. Yeah. They can, and even, uh, you know, uh, the coast up there in uh, D.C., Baltimore uh, area. So they've always, I, I think the talent comes there. I don't think you go to Texas A&M and win like they did yeah. and not have talent. I, I think some things went wrong. So I, I'm really big on a bounce back sort of year. You mentioned it. I think they can be in that 8, 9, 10 uh, win mark, depending on how sort of the ball bounces here. I, I really uh, like this team, uh, certainly. Uh, we'll move on uh, to a team I think you liked last year. Yeah. Uh, didn't start great, but finished pretty solid. Uh, <clears throat> but I, I, they were a little bit like Appy State, where... Uh, you didn't always quite know what you were going to get uh, at quarter to quarter, uh, mind you. But uh, third year for Charles Huff, I, I I think it's a little bit of a make or break uh, year for him. Uh, he hasn't been bad, but I don't think he's been great. And they're pretty high standards here at Marshall. And I think they thought moving in to the Sun Belt, they were going to come in and just start uh, taking names and 
plug-in conference title banners, and they haven't really been even in and around that. What do you make of this Marshall team this year? Yeah, I thought last year was actually a bit of an up year for them, uh, even finishing at 9-4. and four. They were 5-3 and three in the conference, yeah. uh, had a really good defense last year. I'm, I'm, I'm worried that they're going to regress a little bit this year uh, simply because they've lost a lot of talent on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of their guys transferred uh, – just recently after spring ball to go play at Alabama. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you've got some good defensive players if Alabama's poaching your players. Um, so I, I, I don't think we're going to see a repeat of last year. I think we're going to see a little regression. Their win totals at seven and a half. Do they lose and drop below that? I think they're going to be kind of right along that line of seven, eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see more than eight. So I think more likely the under's going to hit. Um uh, just because I, th- I, th- I think you know they've got some tough non-conference games, and you know NC State's tough. Well, on the that's road. I, I was going to say. It, it probably depends if they can steal one of those at East Carolina, Virginia Tech, at NC State. Yeah. All winnable, mm-hmm. but you know, can they get one of those? If they can get two of those, they well, cruise past it. But uh, when you know you talk about their biggest competitors in this division, it's going to be Coastal and App, yeah. and they're on the road for both of those yeah. games. So it's going to be really hard to jump to they're the top. They're at South Alabama as well. Yeah, so uh, you know, drawing South Alabama out of the um, out of the West there is is, is tough. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I'm curious to see how they uh, do because they did sort of. You couldn't bet on them last year. I think you tried a couple times, and it. Yeah. You never quite. You were like, well, I couldn't pl- time it right. Yeah. I think I was missing them when uh, I didn't bet on them, and and. You like they played well this week, and then it was like, well, they scored no points <laughs> this week and lost the thirteen six game. Well, well, they went on it and they beat Notre Dame on the road, yes. and then lost like four of their next yes. six games, and then, and then won like four. It was, so, <laughs> it was just one of those things where. Uh, you, you never. I, I look for a little bit of regression here too. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm curious to see if they can keep this going. But uh, next up, uh, no coach, but uh, a quarterback who I, I feel like possibly has been there uh, maybe since the beginning of yeah, the I, <laughs> program. I I don't know what year senior he is, but. Uh, <laughs> It's a lot. Well, let's just say he's number two on the career passing leaders for the team and still has another year to go. Um, but, yeah, I, I I think some kind of backdoor donor NIL deal <laughs> happened uh, to get him to go because uh, I, I honestly think he could have got some uh, NFL interest had he yeah, entered I, the draft. Uh, so I think he's getting some money coming back here. Interesting to see if he'll have the success uh, with Jamie Chadwell living Tim Beck out of uh, – I think he was the offensive coordinator at NC State yes. the last few years. Uh, so, decent passing game, but they weren't that impressive. I think it's a weird hire. Uh, like I said, I think Coastal Carolina, you know, really built something good under Jamie Chadwell. And I, 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 I we'll see if, if, if their quarterback can keep it going. Um, but I thought they could have got a better hire. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that. You answered my question. I was like, I don't want to say no because when they uh, hired uh, Chadwell, it was nobody knew who the hell that was either. It was sort of off the cuff, and but I think their program has raised to the level yeah. where, and I don't know their finances. Maybe they can't afford to sort of 
go into that area where like uh, well, they're not a huge school yes uh you know like an appy state who we mentioned you know coaches get poached every three or four years there but they always seem to make uh, a solid hire coming in to keep that program and maybe this guy does that you know nc state's offense hot it, and cold it, it's a more pro style offense yes so <clears throat> Maybe that's what uh, kept McCall there for. But was. here's my thing. I think McCall benefited yeah. from Chadwell's offense. I think that's where <laughs> I'm confused. It's like, so we're going to take the offense that has given everybody problems. Uh, I, You know, we, we talked about it last year on the preview show. We thought the defense would regress. It did. I, I'm assuming that defense regresses a, a little bit more again this year. So are we going a pro-style offense with a bad defense? Yeah. And where does that lead? I just don't know. Now, I maybe they've built this program to where they can continue to go, but I'm a little nervous here. And this Sun Belt is so tough. I don't know if they can sustain this without their coach. I'm curious if they fall back in tough. Well, I, four, five, six winter. I, I, I definitely could see that had there maybe not this year, but I think in future years. Yeah, I, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think Grace McCall made a good move coming back here. I think you could have seen a really large regression this year, but I think they benefit because they drew Texas State and Arkansas State yeah. out of the West, which are two of the uh, more inferior teams out of the West. So uh, that helps their conference win totals right there and that alone. Uh, so the over at under at seven and a half, I think is doable at the over, but not much more than that. Yeah. I, th- I think right at that eight win window is where mm-hmm. this team's going to be. Uh, and it's not, I don't think it's going to be enough uh, to put them in competition to win the conference. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I'll, I, I'm just curious. This is a wait and see. I, I don't think I'll do much betting on this team, especially early on. I, I'm curious how that game at UCLA comes out. Yeah. Uh, I, it's just weird. I definitely see this as a year as App State kind of, you know, it's it's been these two the last yeah. while, and I think App State can jump back in ahead of them. Uh, and I think James Madison will as well, but, you know, they can't win the conference. Uh, but I, I don't think Coastal's going to finish at the top. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move to James Madison. Uh, win total, quite a big jump uh, from last year. And yeah. even last year's they sort of knew. But uh, ended up finishing 8-3 and three last year. Win total is at 8.5. Uh, I, I think they continue to play good football Mm -hmm. it's it's a little disappointing they can't win the conference uh it just seems like an antiquated rule to me especially with everybody jumping around so much it it just seems stupid to have them wait when they're clearly good enough and uh, i believe they would have ended up in the conference championship game last year if they were eligible yes yeah Uh, they would have been in it but coastal went instead of them so that just Seems stupid, but <laughs> nonetheless, uh, you know, me railing against college football and how it's run, <laughs> we could probably have a <laughs> two-week podcast nonstop. Um, but once again, I, I I look at this team to be consistently good football team, like they've been. Once again, I talked a little bit about Sam Houston. It, it's similar. They just have been consistently good in the subdivision. They moved up, played good football, couple uh here and there where they didn't get it done. Uh, debt would be the only thing that, you know, if they get banged up, 
they well, don't have the depth to probably sustain, especially in the Sun Belt Conference. But as long as they stay relatively healthy, yeah, I think they win football games. I, I think they're a well, very well coached team, and and you know they've got a system there that works. I'm I'm a little interested to see how they're going to come out. They got a new quarterback this year, yeah. uh, new running backs and wide receivers core, uh, so they're replacing a lot of guys, but. You know, in, in system teams like this, yeah. a lot of times it doesn't matter. It's just kind well, of Well, that's plug. what I was going to say. It's, it's plug and play. A lot of plug and play. Uh, I, I think, you know, eight wins is very much up on the table this again this year. Uh, and I think they will compete for the division title again this yes. year. Unfortunately, that means nothing for them. But I, 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 if I had to give an edge between them and Coastal, I'd put them slightly above Coastal I think again they, this year. And then I think it's honestly between them and App State. Uh, Marshall make it sneak in there. But I think it's them and App State in the East. Yeah. I think so as well. I I just, I think this is, if you look at Coastal, they've had the better run the last three years. But if you look at their football programs uh, overall, probably the last 20 to 25 to 30 years, uh, James Madison been consistently better than Coastal Carolina. Uh, and I look for that to continue. Uh, I am very curious how Coastal is just going to uh, sort of bounce after the coach leaving. I think James Madison will give you uh, what you want. The eight and a half win total, though, I I'd stay away from. Yeah, I think I think the eight window is the sweet spot. Yeah, I think uh, you know I I really could see eight hitting. So I think getting over that eight and a half is is just not going to be worth it for the the even money that you're probably getting yeah. on that. All right, uh, we'll move to Georgia Southern. Uh, maybe one of my least favorite coaches uh, probably goes to somewhere where he probably level he belongs. I figure he can be liked by his players and yeah. run some fancy offensive plays but uh, manipulate the game horribly. Uh, Georgia Southern, I don't know what to make. They've been a solid program for a long, long time. Wheels came off uh, last year. Uh, I I really don't know where to sit here. Offense comes back. Uh, a lot of guys, but... Made a bowl game last year. Yeah, they did make a bowl game, but this, I, I don't know. I I think they. This is the first team. You know, we've been discussing all these teams in the East. This is the this is the first team underneath that line in yeah. the East. We've discussed our four that can compete for the title in the East. I think Georgia Southern's out of the picture there. Uh, you know, their offense could perform really well, uh, but I just don't. I think it's going to be hard for them to get the talent in there. It's sort of the always thing. It's always difficult. You see uh, those top teams in the Sun Belt going to Georgia Southern, and you're like, that'll probably be a difficult game. They're going to have to play four quarters here. Uh, but it's sort of just going on an over-under perspective. It's can they win two of those four games where it's sitting right there for either team to win, or do they lose those four games and that's probably where the number is. Well, with their total being at five and a half, I'm looking at their schedule, and I just – on a good day, I'm seeing maybe four. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I think they're really going to struggle, and they could fall to the bottom of this division. Yeah. So that's it's. I, I think they could. I think win. they could beat Old Dominion. That's how dare you? You know how I feel about <laughs> Old Dominion. Hey, two years ago they were. <laughs> uh, I I think they could be as low as if things go bad, two to three wins, and maybe they could maybe sneak up into eight-win territory if things go right here and their offense is flowing and they're winning home games. But it's this is one of those teams where you probably need to watch them the first three or four weeks to see sort of what they are yeah. and where they live. 
and then uh, sort of see where they go. Uh, you know, we'll move on to the other team in Georgia, Georgia State. Uh, disappointing year last year. Disappointing to say the least. Uh, I think they were one of the highest win totals before last season. I think they were at eight and a half. Well, I think they had built. They had a lot of guys coming back uh, from teams that had made upsets. But I, I don't think I ever saw consistency out of those teams the last couple years. Uh, you know, coaches returning, I think he's a solid coach. But he seems to, he can pull good wins out, but he seems to lose a couple games every year that he shouldn't lose. Well, I think the team benefits, you know, being in the heart of Atlanta, I yes. think they can get some good recruits, some good, you know, transfers. Some, I think they've got some good quality four-star yes. guys that tried to go to bigger schools, didn't quite make the starting roster, so they came back to, uh, to Georgia State. So he's got some good teams, and like you said, that talent enables them to get some upsets. And they put on quite a magical run two years ago yeah. to get to I think nine nine wins, nine or ten wins yes. actually for Georgia State a couple of years but ago. They still didn't win the conference. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and last year that led to me. I think I took a lot of futures yeah. on this Georgia State team, and they went on to go four and eight. Yeah. Uh, I think this year, probably somewhere in the middle, Yeah. five, six wins. Their, win, their over-under is at five and a half, so that's kind of right around where I'm thinking. Uh, I couldn't be confident either way, to be honest with you. I think they're going to be middle to bottom of the pack in the East Division. Um, and like you said, I think they're kind of in the same boat as Georgia's, uh, yeah. Georgia Southern. Uh Maybe could get up to six wins, but I think that's their ceiling. I, I think that Connecticut game, a uh, pretty big swing game for them. See uh, where they are. Uh, you know, at Charlotte, you think it would probably be a win, but you know, uh, Charlotte wins two games a year randomly at home that you never expected, and lose every other game by forty. Uh, I, this would be another team much like Georgia Southern. You, yeah. you know, you hate to lump them together, but. I want to see what they're doing early before I aggressively start betting on this team. But, you know, again. they're also a team that, you know, but could get count. a weird win yeah. against an App State or a Coastal That's Carolina what, and then go on to lose an yeah. Old Dominion game. Yes, correct. <laughs> That's, uh, they have talent to win, to play with the bigger teams, but... Potential you, to lose. The, you never know quite when it comes to play and doesn't come to play. Uh, and... That's why it's always hard sort of, one, previewing these teams because yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, they could win a home game here versus Appalachian State or James Madison. And then I'm like, well, they could, you know, easily go to Charlotte and lose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it It could be one or the other. And it's just hard to sort of go. Uh, I think they'll have solid players, but uh, I just I don't know that they'll be uh, right there. We'll go to mine, the Old Dominion Monarchs, uh, Ricky Rain and the offensive magistry, uh, but never a lot of wins. <laughs> they beat Coastal last they year. They did beat Coastal. <laughs> <laughs> Took Coastal out of winning that. Well, they didn't win the division, but they did win the division because James Madison. I think I sent you a lot of texts that I, <laughs> I, I love Old Dominion. I think they got beat by like 40 points and gave up like 80 the week after that. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I'll go ODU, an entertaining team, but uh, not a lot of winning, and uh, they don't return a lot of guys. Uh, from a great team that went 3-9, and nine, from so a maybe poor, it's a good thing they're not returning a bunch of players. From a poor team. Uh, I, I think they made a bowl game two years ago, maybe three years ago. Uh, 
I, I look for them to be a, sort of hovering around the bottom of the Sun Belt as much as I sort of joke that I like them. I do like them because they are capable of, uh, if that offense gets going, of putting up crazy numbers. But uh, I, I think this is one of those poor teams in the Sun Belt here. Yeah, I'd feel good taking the under here. I don't see four wins on this yeah. schedule. Uh, definitely so. I don't uh, think we need to spend too much no, time on them. Uh, nonetheless, but I I will say they probably spring uh, an upset uh, here uh, before you know it. Uh, we'll start out with Troy going uh, in the West here. Uh, my boys, Troy. Uh, this was one of the big uh, futures I won a lot of money on uh, last <laughs> year. Uh, I, I thought they'd be good. I thought they'd play good football. I'm not getting great value uh, this year, but uh, I I think they come back will be a, a very good team, but I, I think this Sun Belt, once again, will be pretty, pretty deep. I don't know if they can go 7-1 again in conference. I, I'd be pretty shocked if anybody can really run 7-1. I, I'm thinking a lot of 6-2s, 5-3s, because I, I think this conference is pretty, pretty deep here. Uh, what do you make of Troy? Uh can they uh, keep this going here, or uh, do they drop back uh, a little bit? I think one thing they benefit from is being in the West, yes. which isn't nearly as deep as the East. You know, we've got four teams in the East, I think, that can win the win the division. In the West, I think it's pretty much a two-man show yeah. with Troy and the next team we're going to talk about. Uh, but, they, you know, they had the best uh, group of five defense in the nation last year. Um and beat UTSA in, in the bowl yeah. game. Uh, you know you know me, I like the Roadrunners, so a big win for them. Uh, but they've lost some of their talent off the defense, and uh, five of their wins last year were in one-score close games. That's the other games. thing. <clears throat> They're going to play close games yeah. all season long. It's, you know, if they can keep winning those. Well, that win over Coastal was 10-6, yes. to six, I yes. believe. So they don't play pretty. They... Now, that being said, they also had the win versus Happy State stolen from them with a the bomb. So, you know, <laughs> it balances one way or the other. But if you get on that football thing where it, it loses that scale balance, and maybe you lose two or three of those. You go from having a twelve and two season, seven and one conference title, to you know uh, eight and five, and everybody's sort of why weren't you as good? Yeah, I, I definitely see more potential for for less wins this year than than about. I don't I don't think they can repeat what they did last year, uh, just because I think there's going to be more. Um, more teams kind of all clustered in that eight to ten yeah. win range, and I don't see, like you said, I don't think anybody's going to creep over that ten win range yeah. this year in this uh, conference. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, and you mentioned it in the West, they're beneficial, uh, I'd say, from going in the uh, eastern side where there are a lot more teams. The surprise team out of the West last year was South Alabama. Uh, I think we both lost some money on them but i think towards the end we started to win money on them because uh it's one of those where we made an adjustment uh well they i mean they tied with troy in yeah. the west if they win that that 10 yes. to 6 game south alabama's going to the conference that was title an ugly game. one too, but, uh, well that, they just needed one drive in the whole fourth or in the whole second half and they couldn't get it so i, I think the question here is was last year Fake, because the West was so weak, or is this real? And South Alabama is going to start building the program. They sit in a hotbed. Uh, I yeah. mean, people have said for years, why isn't this program better? Both in basketball and in football, they never seem to get it. They finally seem to hit something last year. 
does that continue or does it sort of fall off? I don't know because they were good. And they were good from the start last year, too. I I think I... We bet against them a couple times, and I was like, I've watched this team. It's actually not that bad. And then they just kept winning. So drop off, or do they sort of ascend here to the west side of things? I, I, I love this team. Uh, I think they're going to be right there competing. I, I think what's you know the biggest thing that pops out to me, they're bringing back almost this whole team from last mm-hmm. year. Uh, you know, they got everybody coming back, uh, all but two of their uh two or three of their starting uh, offense and defensive players coming back. Uh, what scares me, they've got Marshall and James Madison out of the East, yeah. which is a tough draw, uh, getting two of the best teams uh, from the other division. Uh, I don't think 7-1 and one in the conference is on the table, but I could definitely see 6-2, and two, yeah. uh, which could, you know, like we said, we think Troy may come back a little bit. That could be enough to win mm-hmm. the division and put them in the conference game. But I think they're going to be right there, uh, especially in the West. I, I think also what you think of uh, Lafayette, we'll preview coming mm-hmm. up here, uh, how good they're going to be, how yeah. much they continue to drop off. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm really curious about the opening game at Tulane. Tulane, who was a good football team last year, uh, how they handle that, see how they go. Uh, tough road game to start out. Uh, sort of, it's not a in-state rivalry, but uh, you know, uh, in deep south <laughs> rivalry uh, where one could boat to the other one uh, pretty easily. Um, we'll talk about Lafayette here. Uh, a lot of my Troy bet the year before was based on. I thought they'd drop off yeah. a little bit from losing the coach and losing a lot of players. Uh, I, I think they dropped off even more than I thought. They got them bouncing right back. Now, I, I can buy that because the Lafayette program, uh, since you know the sort of mid-2000s, has been a pretty steady, solid program, bringing in good players. Uh, it, it's probably what you think this coach can do uh, now. Uh, you know, probably two, three years into his reign. Can he replenish what was lost? What do you make uh, of Lafayette? I, I don't think you thought last year they'd have as big a drop-off. Yeah. But uh, I thought they'd have a drop-off, but six wins. That's that's really, really bad for Lafayette. I don't, I don't know if we see any more drop-off yeah, from I Louisiana do. this year, but I don't know if we see any growth well, that's from I, this year. Can they climb? Can they sustain with that South Alabama Troy. I'm looking at that seven and a half win total. I don't see the over there. I think seven is probably the cap for this team. I don't see a lot of growth here. Um, you know, this this coach has got to make a name for himself here. I think, like you said, he's been riding off with what Napier left yeah. him. What Napier left him is gone at this point. This is all his team. I don't think he can – I don't think he drops anymore. Like you said, the, the pedigree of Louisiana, they've always kind of been – a, a six-win team yeah. or a little higher. Napier was the one that kind of got them over yeah. the top there. Now they've kind of regressed back to that bottom floor there. So I think six and seven, you know, seven and six is kind of the range they're going to be in this year. I don't put them up to that eight-win total. I don't think they're going to hit that over. Um, so that's why I think the West is definitely a two-team battle between Troy and South Alabama. That's why I'm kind of bigger on South Alabama this year. I don't think Louisiana is going to provide the push uh, behind them. I'm curious <laughs> – how long a leash do you think uh, they give the coach here? You know, he, he was a Napier understudy. They tried to keep that going. Yeah. If it's bad again, is it too quick to cut the tag? He's Maybe. a legacy guy, too. Played quarterback I, that's, here. 
I, I it probably would be hard, but you built that program up so much. Do you cut it and go after maybe one of the retread high end coaches who are looking to sort of yeah. rebuild their resume uh, here? Maybe a year early, you might give it hey, another year. Give it another year, Napier might be wanting to come back. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Uh, but I am curious about that. I, I, I don't want to down them because they did, you know, lose everybody. But I'm curious if this program can climb back up and, and see where they hit. They were sort of just okay on all sides of the ball, whereas when Napier is there, they dominated both sides of the line. That was gone. Uh, Southern Miss. Uh, interesting season because I think they overachieved from what we thought they were going to do uh, for sure. Yeah. Two years ago, three wins, moved yeah. up to seven last yeah. year. Does that growth continue with Will Hall here? Uh, because I, I think you could say 90s, early 2000s, this was the dominant sort of small school deep south mm-hmm. program. Uh, you know, even in that mid-tier uh, when they sort of renaissance, but then they drop back, does this continue to grow or does this sort of stabilize here around, you know, six to eight wins? I, I think, honestly, even if they stabilize here, I think this could be kind of some momentum for the program yeah. because they've, like we said, they've had some lows here lately. If they could stabilize around that six, seven, eight win window, that's going to be a success for Southern Miss. Uh, I, I, I've got them, actually, I... Probably lean me over. I, th- I think they can repeat this. They've got uh, Frank Gore Jr. coming back, who, yeah. who proved that not quite as good as uh, his daddy, but uh, still good nonetheless. Yes. And and you know, dominant players like that in a conference like this can really factor into carrying a team to some victories. And I think they'll get that here. Uh, I actually see them potentially finishing ahead of Louisiana in the yeah. division uh, this year. Uh, maybe even get in as far as eight wins. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, this would be a value play I'm certainly looking at here uh, for the conference uh, win because it's big so, jump. Yeah, it, it's so big uh, at forty to one. We also think that the winner of this division could have yeah. three, four yeah. conference losses. Yes. Uh, so I, it, I don't think they're going to win the conference, but at forty to one, you're sitting there. You don't know if South Alabama is going to continue their run. Uh, Troy, you think will be there, but you know. Uh, they might drop back off if their defense isn't quite what it was. I don't yeah. look for their offense to be elite yeah. again. A- and then we just mentioned our concerns about Lafayette maybe stabilizing. So maybe this team makes a jump 40-1. to 1. You get yeah. in that championship game, you can do what you want. And, and like we Definitely. saw last year, uh, you know, all those teams in the East battling out, I thought, you know, all of them were a little worn down having to play good football week to week. And Troy sort of got a cruise in there, got the game uh mixed up and dirty i think value there i don't know the worry would be uh they have a really really uh, sort of tough stretch at appy state at lafayette uh at south alabama that's not very easy to to go to so then you're looking maybe three or four conference losses that probably sits in and around the line yeah two i think would get you the win in the west but uh uh but I think the value there forty to one, so I, I definitely would stare at that pretty hard. Uh, I just I don't know if the jump's going to be there or not. I'm curious. I mean, how they you're go. talking forty to one odds on basically 
a two game yeah. uh, outcome. You know, it really you know hinges on that South Alabama, App State, yeah. Louisiana, and that's they how have Detroit to win. Last they have to win two of those. Yes. You think to, yeah. to be there, uh, but that's good value for that. Uh, Definitely so. So I, I'm curious to see where Southern Miss uh, goes from here. Uh, next up, Arkansas State. Uh, I think we were expecting a little more last year out of them, and. They were really, really bad. I mean, really, really bad. I watched them a couple times. Uh, this pro- program has just dropped off a map. I, I thought Butch would be able to... I-, I don't like him as a head coach, but I thought he'd be able to at least get enough talent there to where they could win games. They looked talentless and in-game looked like a Butch Jones coach team. Uh, yeah, his his first year was actually better than last year, so they, they've regressed a little bit. So I think that definitely puts him on the hot seat. Uh, he's going to have to improve this year to stick around for well, sure. The, the other thing, this is a program that expects to win. Arkansas State, mm-hmm. that they aren't paying Butch Jones nothing. It's not some cheap program. Arkansas State, one of those Sunbelt teams who expects to have good football, they have not for a little while here. Uh, so... From what I saw last year, I I think this program sort of stabilizes, tops out maybe five wins. Maybe they could creep into six, but I, I didn't like what I saw last year. I saw a little bit of quitting. Too. Yeah, bottom of the division last year, I think that has a potential to repeat itself again yeah. this year, especially, uh, you know, this, the next team that we're going to talk about here in a minute. I'm actually kind of big on uh, maybe better than ULM, but ULM's proven that they can come up and up yeah. some, some people. Uh, Butch has yet to do any big upset. Yeah. He no, hasn't he, made a mark on any game that they've played. Wins are first very, very uh, it's bad It's been very teams. forgettable here. Um, and so. they haven't even been close in games where they stepped up in competition. That's the other thing. I think that's more yeah. disappointing. Basically, every good team in the Sun Belt has looked at them as sort of a – get right type game he hasn't even been able to compete for those uh top tier teams i definitely don't see the over three and a half hitting here i think at best they repeat last season uh could finish even worse uh we'll move on to la monroe uh you know bowden's still there four and eight last year uh continued sort of their weird they can win games that you don't expect them to win but they don't show up every week, every game. Yeah. And I, I think that's more the same. Uh, I think we both had them over last year. We both hit that. The three and a half, uh, I might hit that again. Uh, I think it was two and a half last year. Yeah, their year. over was two and a half. <laughs> so it was a little easier to hit that. But, uh, you know, three and a half, one more win. I think they could come in and around here. I think there's enough talent here, uh, especially out west, where they can steal a, a, a game or two. But uh, it, it's they don't have any consistency, so it's just sort of hard to know totally what you're going to get. And I don't think they'll win a ton of games. Well, this is like I was just saying, unlike Arkansas State, this is the team that, you know, it's not weird to see them come out and get an yeah. upset and get a get a win uh, that can revive their season. Now, by revive, I mean get them four, yeah. five wins uh, instead of the you know two or three. Um, so you know we'll see what's you know happening. You know, Army's an interesting game yeah. to open the not season. Not a lot up. of freebies on the schedule this year either. So. Yeah, so you know, and then they've got you know on the road and a couple of big SEC teams that uh, they typically get. Uh, but you know. College football, sometimes those weird Saturdays. And ULM's been at the center of some yeah. of those weird Saturdays. I know they've gone in and beat Auburn uh, at least once. Yes. Uh, so uh, 
I, I, I put them. I give them an edge over Arkansas State. I can State tell you sure. now, my strategy to take them at thirty-five to one versus Texas A&M will continue just because <laughs> something weird might happen. Well, Texas A&M is still coached by Jimbo yes, Fisher, uh, so but week three. They brought the stabilizing force of Bobby Petrino. Oh yes, the, the, the stable. <laughs> uh, that'll be a fun preview show. Uh, uh, Texas State, uh, I, I think you were uh, yeah. a little surprised this number was this low. Uh, a little disappointing, I think, last year. Uh, I, I think their offense could be pretty good this year, but uh, I I would think six wins would be a stretch, but I, I think they could hit around uh, uh, Kinney, who I, I talked about those old Tulsa teams that I used to like in the uh, uh, late 2008s to preteen era. I liked those teams. Uh, he's shown he can coach offense. Uh, he had Incarnate Word uh, winning football games last year, moves to Texas State, see if he can get it through. I don't know if he can quite have them ready to go uh, right off the bat, but I think in a couple years, they might be moving up the ranks here in the Sunbelt. Yeah, I'm excited about this move. I thought this was a really good hire by Texas State, uh, you know, and they've got the they've got the enrollment, they've got the funding to potentially build a program here. Yeah. Uh, I think they jump Arkansas State and ULM uh, and and get almost not not all the way up to that Southern Miss, maybe Southern Miss from a few years yes. back, uh, and maybe two or three years from now can get to that level. Uh, but I think he's going to bring in uh, a good coaching mind with uh, some good transfers in here. And uh, could compete in this in this division. Like I said, it's the weaker division. Uh, they do get uh, coastal out of the east, and um, so we'll see what they can do. I think I think the over four and a half. I, I like five, maybe not six wins. Uh, I think six is their cap, but I could see it happen. Yeah, the the <clears throat> problem I see with them is uh, their schedule's pretty murder murderous. Uh, they're going to be funded, but uh, Baylor, UT San Antonio, Nevada, Nevada uh, that's not easy. Then you go through the Sun Belt schedule. It, it, you basically, they have one non-conference win scheduled in there in uh, Jackson State, so it, it's just, that's difficult to do, and then you're going to need uh, you know, five wins in conference, and you know, that's where the over-under gets. But I think they'll be a better football team than they were uh, last year. I'm curious to see how this offense runs. And uh, if Kenny can get in there uh, and get this offense flowing. Out of the uh, western side of things, there aren't a lot of offensive yeah. teams. Uh, you know, uh, most of them are defensive-based. Uh, you know, like we said, Lafayette, when they've been good, have been defensive-based. Um, Troy was totally defensive-based. Uh, now, South Alabama was a little more balanced uh but uh, if they can be one of those teams that can score a lot of points, like a Coastal Carolina, uh, same sort of offense run, uh, maybe they could give some teams some problems and hit that uh, win total over. Uh, before we close out here, the uh, Sun Belt, I, I want you to give me a winner. Who do you think's winning uh, this Sun Belt conference here? South Alabama. You think South Alabama? I do. I'm going to go with the reemergence of Appy State here. There you so, go. Uh, all right, uh, that concludes our college preview. I think uh, next week, what were we doing? Mountain West and American? Yes. So we'll be back next week with the Mountain West and American Conference preview. Uh, and now we're going to hit up the NFL and uh, preview the NFC East. All right, we're going to go from college to the NFL. Professionals. Yes. Uh, this is 
your first time doing NFL yeah. with us. So uh, we're going to start out with the NFC East. Uh, there's one really, really good football team. <laughs> there, there might be one really, really good football team in the NFC, and then the rest are yeah. battling it out. Um, we'll get into that as we go. But uh, let's start out with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, there's a lot of talent on this team. Yes. Uh, Ten and a half wins, win total, 135 to win the division. I don't know what to say. Defensively, they're loaded along the line. Pretty solid in the secondary. Maybe a little nitpicky on linebackers a little bit. Uh, probably best offensive line in yeah. football. Uh, Brown, Smith, Watkins, uh, Goddard, tight end. Uh, Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Uh Maybe not all questions answered, but uh, I think enough questions answered that he can be a productive NFL quarterback. Whether he will be a top four, I don't know. But uh, he certainly looked very good all year last year and looked great in the Super Bowl. Bring in DeAndre Swift into the running back position, so no real drop-off from that to Miles Sanders. Uh, is there something bad you want to say about the Eagles or just like, they're going to be really, really just, good. Just pencil them in Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, there was a lot of talk last year of uh, the Eagles benefiting from the easy schedule, yes. which they did have an easy schedule, yes. you know. And this year they're trading the AFC South for the AFC East. That's an upgrade. Yeah. They're trading the NFC North for the NFC West. That's an upgrade. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, I think – Slightly tougher schedule this year, so we may we may see less wins this year. But you know, for all the talk for their easy schedule last year, uh, the Eagles had the best record in the NFL versus winning teams. Yeah. Uh, so even when they had the tough games, they took care of business. Yeah. Uh, so this is a team that's going to come out, um, you know, with a mission. They're favored in every game except for on the road at Kansas City yes. about halfway through the season. Uh, <clears throat> so. Yeah, I, I I don't see a reason why this team can't come close to doing what they did last year. Yeah, uh, this is one of those that's hard to preview because basically just look at their depth chart and roster, yeah. and you're like, well, they're pretty much good at every position. Every one of their guys is one of the uh, top end guys in the NFL. Um, Can they match the the program fourteen? Wins well, that they right. had last year, the, the, the best total record. high at ten and a half, but honestly, like they I mean, could I think it, they could cruise over that I ten and a half. I see no way where they don't really hover around twelve wins. And, uh, and barring they, like an injury to Jalen Hurts, yeah, uh, and even then, I think it's sort of <laughs> there's enough talent on yeah, this team you could pencil in any backup well, quarterback mean, you, in the you league. You saw it last year when the line started to mm -hmm. get banged up. Even then, they didn't drop off all that much there would have to be I, I think a lot of injuries and maybe a lot of injuries to the secondary guys but once again we talked about it last year some of the secondary guys got banged up their yeah. defensive line is so good that it gets pressure so you yeah. can sort of let the away. league in like pass pressure yeah, I you think. can get away with you know having poor secondary guys you might give up a couple more big plays but you're going to get sacks and turnovers so that sort of equals it out uh yeah I, uh, just a, any regression maybe out of Hurts, you know, coming in to the NFL, you probably didn't know if he was capable as a passer, uh, but he seemed more than capable as a passer. Uh, I, I don't know if he's improved all that much, but he's smart with the football. He's intelligent, and I think more than anything, 
everybody likes him. Which yeah. in quarterback, a leadership position, nobody's questioning you, and they're going to play for you. So, well, we you were know, just talking about uh, you, you know Super Bowl run, and he signed a deal this year that was probably less than what he could have yeah. gotten just to kind of keep this team the way it is. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know what bad to say about the Eagles. Yeah, I think the biggest vulnerability is the secondary, but like you said, uh, does it matter? Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, their corners are, are capable of playing man coverage, uh, so they might not be great at it, but they're certainly capable of staying on them enough to give that line time to get... So I don't really know what bad to say. I think we'll have more questions with the next three teams. So yeah. uh, we'll move on to that. Uh, we'll go to the Washington uh, Commanders here. Uh, I, I think this is the one we probably disagree on uh, the most. I think they're going to have a pretty good year. Yeah. Uh, I, I think last year I saw enough from their defense uh, that it, it sort of reached the levels two years ago where they they won the division, quote-unquote. <laughs> A very bad division, but uh, I think you. The question comes in offensively. Hal's going to play quarterback. They got Brissett. They got Heineke. Still, it could be a rotating. Uh, I, I think your questions come here. Is Sam Howell an NFL quarterback? Uh, well, from his back. Yeah. Their offensive line is terrible. Yes. I wasn't going to get into that, but yes. <laughs> uh, but I, I think – I don't want to say Sam Howell's a great runner, but he, he's one of those guys who can get out of the pocket and make plays, uh, sort of like Taylor Heineke. We mentioned how people liked Jalen Hurts. People like Taylor Heineke. Uh, I, I don't think there will be much call for him. I think Sam Howell's probably a, a little bit better uh, quarterback. Receivers are solid, but – I. It's one of those things where this team wide receiver rise where they have like three sort of two threes, you know, guys who would be really, really good number twos, yeah. uh, really high end number threes, you know, in, in Curtis Samuel or Dotson. Uh, but I, I don't look at any of them at number one. I don't even think McLaurin would. Yeah, I don't look at him as a number one. Yeah. I look at him as a good receiver who would be a solid two on a. Uh, you know, take the Vikings and, uh, you know, put him next to uh, Jefferson or something like that. You've got a really, really good receiving court. I think a receiving court is solid. Uh, halfback has always been a little bit random here. Uh, Gibson's penciled in, but they sort of seem to try to get rid of him every year. And they always uh, come back to him. Uh, Logan Thomas at tight end. Uh, Always seems to look better on paper than uh, what executes in the game. Uh, so you're down on the Commanders uh, uh, this year. I, I think they'll be uh, a little better. I, I'm a little more down on the uh, Giants and Cowboys. Yeah. So what do you make of this Commanders? Yeah, I think we're a little opposite. I'm kind of leaning uh, Cowboys maybe slightly yes. – or not Cowboys, uh, sorry, Giants maybe slightly improving. But I think this this Commanders team may be one of the worst teams in the league this year. Um I mean, they were last year, and I think their schedule gets even tougher this year. Um, rookie quarterback, I don't know if that's much of – I mean, I, yeah, he can sling it, but, you know, he's not going to get the protection. We don't have the big possession receivers. You know, uh, you got to have a good arm to get it to McLaurin all the way down the field when he's wide open. Uh, but 
defensive line, yeah, they can get a little bit of pressure, but I just don't think they're going to be able to put up points. I think they're bad all around. I think they benefited from winning some toss-up games last year, um, and I don't see them getting those close games this year. So I I think I've got them bottom of the East. Yeah. Uh, My fear with – would be being aggressive on this team is, uh, you know, new ownership, basically new everything in the front office ownership-wise. And if this starts slow, like uh, the commanders have started slow the last couple of years, and how Ron Rivera teams have uh, tended all the way back in his Carolina days to start slow and sort of build into winning games late, if this starts slow, do we sort of get the... Uh, we're clearing everything out. This is a total rebuild. Uh, let's go try to get Caleb Williams and start this thing fresh and, and new with a whole. Well, they already fired. Everything. They already fired their coordinator last That's, year. Uh, if it still fails again this year, it's it's going to be Rivera. That's what uh, yeah, I wonder. But if they start well, the defense starts to build momentum. How looks solid enough? Uh, Gibson. Play solid football. They got enough depth with the receivers that they can manufacture enough points for this team. That's how they won games. Yeah, uh, I, I think we could see a total rotation of all three of yes. these quarterbacks too. By that's the way, correct. <laughs> and basically, I, I think that's been Washington's football life for. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, even when they were winning Super Bowls, they were rotating quarterbacks. So basically, Washington since Washington. So I, I, I'm curious how this goes. I, I'm bullish on them because I, I just think this defense could be really, really good and then give confidence to the offense. And if they have that, basically, I think this defense could be so good that they just have to manufacture sort of 17 to 20 points like some of those old school Ron Rivera Carolina teams uh, sort of did. But a lot of it will depend on how and how uh, that comes along and the health of the defense uh, along that line. All right, uh, let's move to the Giants. I'm I'm interested here. This was such a bad team two years ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dayball comes in here, sort of turns this around. I think I'm a little worried that this sort of maybe doesn't totally revert back to two years ago. But they won a, a lot of sort of flukish games last year. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Jones got his money. He was in a contract year. Uh, Saquon Barkley didn't get his money, but uh, how healthy will he be? I just, I, I think the defense will come back and continue to be good, uh, you know, Lawrence Thibodeau, uh, I, I look for him to be even better this year. He, I thought he was really good towards the end of the year as a rookie last year. Dexter Lawrence, you know, he's going to be one of the top uh, defensive tackles in the league. I just wonder offensively, as good as Dayball was at sort of manufacturing points, uh, once again, they did not upgrade the receivers. It, it's a bad receiver unit. I know they brought in Darren Waller, uh, but are we counting on that guy? Uh, if he's healthy and right in the head, he is an elite, probably one of the top three tight ends in the league. Uh, but he could also be a nothing like he got for the Raiders last year. So I, I'm very concerned whether this well, offense is good. And uh, speaking of their line, 
is pretty poor <laughs> as well, except for uh, on the left tackle side of things. Well, you know, you're forgetting about my boy out of Tennessee, Jalen Hyatt, they drafted in the third round. Well, yes, uh, they, they set should. a set a record speed for receiver in training camp. Yes, I, I watched him. He is very fast in a straight line. The, the problem with that is usually receivers don't just get a run in straight lines. Uh, maybe if you're Deshaun Jackson or Steve Smith, that works, but that's like two out of about. No, no you know, as, like I said earlier, as much as I'm, I like the Giants better than the Commanders. Yes. I don't think they're a good team by any means. Don't don't get me wrong here. I don't think they're going to be you know making strides or climbing. I actually like their under win total under the seven and a half. I think both the Commanders and the Giants are going to be poor teams this year. Um, but I think the Giants are, you know, while their win totals may not show it this year, I think they're kind of trying to start the process to turn things around. They got a new GM in here. They're starting to uh, they. They did. They did draft needs. Yes. I know you said they didn't. They actually picked up like two or three receivers in the draft, but it wasn't in the early rounds. Yeah. Um, they they managed to keep Saquon for yeah. another year. We'll see. Well, I think two years because they can franchise him again next yeah. year. So. Um, he he threatened to sit out this year and then ended up agreeing to play for half a million dollars yeah, that more. That was a weird. Never work. That was a weird holdout. Um, but they, you know, nevertheless, they still have Saquon coming out there. But. Um, they were eight, four, and one in one score games. Yeah. Virtually their entire schedule was one yes. score games, um, and I, I think you got to give a lot of credit to Brian Dayball. Uh, and and you know he's kind of turned Daniel Jones around a little bit, coached him up a little bit last year, and, and won some close games. Um, but I think you know, like I said, the division schedule is getting tougher this yeah. year. Are they going to be good enough to get those wins? I don't think so. I think you know I think the Commanders are four wins or under. I think the Giants are six wins or under. Yeah, I I, I don't want to say I'm down on the Giants because I I could see where they could actually be a good team. Uh, I I've always thought Daniel Jones could be a good NFL quarterback. I liked what Dayball did, uh, but there's always sort of give and take. The way they ran him last year, does he get banged up? Does he take that bad hit? I I think the drop off between Daniel Jones and then getting into their backup situation gets really really dicey. And like I said, if Waller is Darren Waller from two, three years ago, you have your number one receiver. It, it's just a tight end. Waller has always been sort of a tight end slash wide yeah. receiver anyway. I, I mean, basically, uh, the Raiders built their whole team before uh, Devontae Adams came in there around Waller's receiving. So if, if that upgrade works out, you got it there. You mentioned they draft a couple guys. Maybe they hit. Maybe they don't. It, you know, that's always sort of 50-50. Uh, granted, you know, Jalen Hyatt does run very fast in a straight line. Maybe it's a couple deep plays, and that's what helps this team because, uh, I mean, they didn't have those deep plays. Their deep plays became screens to Barkley yeah. who could get outside and go. Uh, you know, Slayton and, you know, all these guys are they're good short possession receivers they just aren't good deep threats so maybe a couple of those guys stretch the field waller becomes the number one and their offense goes uh but like i said i worry you mentioned like all their games were one score games so what is their record if they're like 500 yeah. in those one score games uh instead but it's just one of those where you don't quite know where it's going to go i see the talent i think their defense will be good uh once again i i 
I, I think all three defenses in this conference are actually really, really good. Washington's, New York's, Dallas, and Philadelphia. So it, it'll be an interesting year. The 7.5 number probably sits in and around. I, I think they could probably drop to as low as five wins if things break wrong in those one-score games. Or they can improve on last year and maybe get to the 10-11 uh, win mark if things break right in those and Waller turns out to be a number one. Let's go to the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, this one I'm going to be pretty bullish on because I, I think this team's going to drop. I, I don't like the makeup. Uh, you know, I, I talked to our friend Todd a, a little bit <laughs> uh, a couple weeks ago because I had just started looking at NFL stuff. I, I didn't realize they'd shipped Kellen Moore off to the Chargers. And uh, yeah. the new offensive coordinator is... Uh, well, the head coach, whose offensive coordinating skills yeah, sort we, of give or well, take with Aaron Rodgers' well, prime. Well, 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 one of my major notes was is, yeah, they got rid of Kellen Moore, who's probably resurrected this offense, yes. shipped him off, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 now that... Uh, Schottenheimer's in yeah. there, too. The son, not the father. Yeah, now, my thing is, is that didn't work out so well in Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, what makes them think that that's going to work in Dallas? Well, that's where I, I got confused here. Um, they And all the rhetoric coming out is, we're going back to old school football, blah, blah, blah. We're going to run the ball out of blah, blah, blah. We didn't yeah. do that enough. And I'm like, well, this offensive line isn't what it was three, four years ago. It's been banged up every year for the last three years. And the guys, even when they've been healthy, have started to drop off. Uh, Zeke's gone. I, granted, we've all liked Pollard, but Pollard's coming in off a bad, broken ankle. Yeah. How do we know he's going to be ready well, and flying off the pace? Uh, I, granted, I keep getting videos of Deuce Vaughn, but uh, <laughs> as much as we love Deuce Vaughn at Kansas State, he is a very small human being. I'm not sure. Top end, you, maybe he turns into Darren Sproles. Uh, but, you know, floor, he's cut by week four because he can't handle this. Receiver room, once again, C.D. Lamb got better towards the end of the year. I, I still don't think he's a number one. They picked up Cooks. They picked up Cooks, but this is Cooks, what? Team number is yeah. this. And I, I'm not a big fan of getting rid of Dalton Schultz yeah. either. Uh, he was a great weapon for this and team. I loved Gallup two years ago, but he didn't look right last year uh, coming off the injury. And he's one of those guys who needs said straight line speed to get deep. He's a deep receiver. If he can't get off the line and beat people, and you're scaling back the offense to a throwback style where they're going to wear down. Just makes me nervous offensively. Flip that over. I do think the defense will be good. Uh, but I, you saw Parsons, Vander Esch start to get banged up a, a little last year. Yeah. They lose those guys for any amount of time. Yeah, there's, there's not much depth on this team. Defense starts to drop off. Yeah. Uh, same with Lawrence. It, it's just... A lot of good players, but some guys who have been banged up, and if they go down, their defense drops. Uh, I just don't like McCarthy. Now you yeah. got him calling offensive plays. The defensive coordinator, I think, is gunning for his job. I think that's why Kellen Moore left. 
because they already said when McCarthy shits the bed, we're going to move you into head coaching role. So is his eye on that? <laughs> and it, it's I don't like the rhetoric coming in. Yeah, and it, it, just bad bad leadership and, and juju come out of this team for sure. And and like you said, you get an injury or two, you get a bad loss or two, things can spiral out of control very quickly, yeah. uh, as we've seen in the past mm-hmm. with this Dallas Cowboys team. Uh, I think they've got really solid uh, number one units across the board, uh, but nothing behind them. I thought it was good to get Gilmore on uh, the uh, second corner there, opposite, yeah, opposite, like opposite digs. I think that's going to be good. But uh, I think this team won the turnover battle like huge. I yeah. think they, they caused so many turnovers on defense. Can they can they get that luck again? I think that's two years in a row where they've caused a bunch of turnovers. Now, does that, that flip back? Yeah, you know, a lot of that is that luck factor. Yeah. You know, do they get those turnovers? Do they win those games without getting those turnovers? Especially if Dak continues. Now, he hadn't done it previously, so maybe it was an outlier, but last year he started a handful of games yeah. where some very, very weird interceptions that sort of cost them games. And you sort of saw it in the playoffs where he was great in that Tampa Bay game, flipped to that San Francisco game, weird turnovers started to happen, they got rolled. Yeah, I think this team uh, could flirt with missing the playoffs yes. this year. So I, I, I'm I, really down on, on Dallas, and I, I'm going to probably play a lot of unders uh, on this team. And, and just see where it falls. But uh, that's the NFC East preview. We'll be back uh, uh, next week with, uh, what did we say? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember. I, Another I, NFC team. I think the NFC, did we do Central? <laughs> I think Central. Maybe South. We'll have one of them, uh, Central or South. So uh, we'll be uh, that way. But uh, be sure to be back next week with our NFC preview continuing. And uh, next up, we're going to hit into some soccer. Uh, Premier League starts uh, next week. League uh, starts next week. So uh, they've had, it feels like, two weeks off since the season ended. And we're uh, right back to it. But uh, nonetheless, uh, a little soccer preview uh, before we get out of here uh, on this show. All right, we're back with our Premier League preview. Starts next week. Our man Dynamite David will be with us all season long, yep. giving his bets for the uh, Premier League and all of soccer. So uh, be sure, sure to get <laughs> ready for that. That starts next week. Are, are you ready for a bunch of bets next week uh, before we get into it? I'm excited. It, it uh, cuts down the uh, the waiting time for college football and yes. NFL football. We got a little some some action next week. We either get a bigger bankroll to play with on college football and NFL, or we get a smaller one. It, it's always fun like that. But uh, we're going to do this a little like we did last year, where we got about a, a twenty five thousand dollar futures uh, bankroll to play with. That'll cover all the soccer leagues. Uh, well, not all. Uh, if you have other soccer leagues, but we're basically going to touch on the big ones and uh, the French League League, uh, but uh, we don't have a ton there. But uh, uh, Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A, anything else you see out there and want to bring to the table, you are welcome to. Uh, but particularly the main thing. <laughs> but let's start out in the Premier League because I, I think this is the one we, we follow Probably most closely, but uh, let's start out. We're going to do our rankings. I ranked uh, the teams uh, 1 through 20. You ranked your teams 1 through 20. I I don't think number one's going to vary (laughs) all that different, Uh, but uh, we're going to start with Man City. A couple losses uh, from players. 
this year. Uh, granted, they bring in a handful of guys. Mares uh, heads to uh, Saudi Arabia. Gundogan heads to Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah. Uh, you know, handful of guys out. I, I don't know how much that's going to affect the Divas team in the league coming off the trouble. I think coming off the trouble, uh, uh, you that's saw the biggest yeah, threat. <laughs> you, you saw how much they were dragging in that Champions League game. Those guys were on uh, fumes of fumes, uh, but. Uh, I, I don't think you can go anywhere and sort of not put Man City up top. We yeah. might have some other bets thinking maybe they could drop down. But I think if you're making a list saying, this is how I'm going to rank them, you got to put Man City Yeah, up. you have to. Uh, I, I had a couple futures in here on Man City. Yep. Not no, a ton. There's not much value in taking what, just City to win. Yeah, uh, I didn't you're see You're basically going to get even around that yeah uh you know and to win and that's not good value yeah the other thing is it, it, it's a little tr- trickier betting on uh sort of socket futures early uh because the transfer window uh doesn't close until you know three or four games in so i i'm always a little cautious uh doing these because all of a sudden i, I look two weeks in and man city has killian Mbappe or something yeah. and i'm like well their transfer windows out to ends actually went a little better than it did starting today <laughs> yeah uh but uh nonetheless kovicic uh comes in to sort of replace uh uh gundawan uh they I don't know if it's official, official, but Guardiola from uh, RB uh, Leipzig, uh, the Croatian defender, comes in to sort of format that center back role. But nonetheless, Holland back, Bernardo Silva probably back, though you hear rumors, but I, I think Silva will be back. Grealish, De Bruyne, yeah. all the uh, com- same sort of uh, guys. Not much value. I, I went. A couple different futures here. Straight forecast, Man City, Liverpool, plus 850, 1-2. Uh, I put 50 bucks on that. And then a straight forecast, Man City, Newcastle, 1-2, uh, 16-1. to 1. $50 on that one. Uh, see if I could grab one of those. Uh, Liverpool moving up. We'll talk about them uh, as we get down here. Uh, Newcastle uh, sort of maybe continuing to climb as they grabbed into those uh, Champion League spots last year. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a handful of futures uh, involving City or, or of City. Uh, I've got one to the win Premier League and the FA Cup uh, at plus 500. Uh, I've got $250 on that. Um, City to win Premier League, FA Cup, and Champions League. Whoa, so another, another, another big year. Yeah, another trouble. Uh, but that's uh, plus 2,900, almost 30 to 1 uh, for a repeat on that. And I, I didn't see a huge drop off on this team, and I could see him doing it again. Yeah. Uh, you know, Holland's just now probably getting into his prime, yes. could be even better this year. Uh, so $250 on that at 29 to 1. Uh, and then I've got one that I think is a lock. Uh, even if they have a down year, I think they can get this uh, two or more. So they just need two of these out of the Premier League, the FA Cup, Champions League, and League Cup. Even money on that, minus 105. I've got $3,000 on that. I think it's a lock for me to double my money there. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to the sort of the other teams in here, uh, do you think that trouble will have an effect on the season. Uh, I, I know you had talked about looking at uh, a couple of these mm-hmm. other teams future-wise, maybe uh, winning the uh, Premier League outright. Is it going to have an effect winning that trouble? I mean, both you and I watched that game, and you saw how dead they were. 
is there going to be an effect or do you think, you know, they'll do their thing where they start out sort of slow and, and then, you know, January ticks around, all of a sudden it's 3-0s, 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 3-0s. I think something where, you know, a long season like the Premier League slate, you could see a little bit of a factor that may lead to them yeah. to drop a little bit. But I, I think, you know, the the playoff stuff with, like, Champions League and stuff, I think they'll be able to turn their A game on when they need to. And so we may see a slow start from Man City, but I think they'll be able to finish strong. There's just too much talent on this team. Yeah, I, I would say maybe if individual game will start that next week, but maybe try to grab them a, yeah. uh, against them a little bit, see if they have a couple yeah. uh, down games. they just be worth a shot. Yeah, I, I don't know how healthy Kevin Bruyne is going to be right at the start of the season. My guess is they – Definitely sort of slow play him in there as well, uh, you know, before making him full grass. Because from what I read, that was a really, really really bad hamstring pull that he had in the thing. He wasn't full bore uh, quite yet, but uh, not a lot of value either on Man City. You couldn't go a lot of ways. Uh, I put Liverpool as my number two team. Odds-wise, I, I didn't really like it, so I didn't actually end up making a ton of bets on Liverpool because uh, I, I think odds-wise they're still being bet uh, like the team two years ago uh, instead of the team we saw last year. And uh, I don't know how much money we lost in about a two-month stretch there uh, where they just kept giving up lots of goals and yeah. not scoring enough. Uh, but towards the end, they seem to have found it. Uh, what do you make of, of Liverpool uh, coming in? to this year, totally revamped midfield. Uh, McAllister, uh, I'm going to butcher this, but uh, Solzog Bayul, uh, (laughs) the Leipzig midfielder, (laughs) uh, who's in there, who was really, really good for Leipzig uh, in the coming years, revamped the midfield. They might bring in another one. Uh, Henderson goes, Fabinho goes, uh, Firmino goes. Uh, Curtis Jones probably steps in there, uh, the young guy uh, for uh, for Bino. Can they find that uh, balance again? They were so poor defensively last yeah. year. Uh, but can they sort of uh, reconfigure? They were the ones going for the treble two years ago. Uh, I think it had a little bit of an effect on, on them. Do they come back to the Liverpool we've seen the last four? Or five I, th- I years? think we're going to see a big bounce back. I, you know the offense is going to yeah. be there. They got they've got Salah, they got Nunez. Yes. They, they're going to get they're going to get some uh, some scoring. But uh, you know they're making the changes where the changes were yeah. needed to be made, and and hopefully they can get a little bit of a better defense and 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 uh, keep possession. Uh, better there at the midfield. Yeah. Uh, I've I've got some good futures on Liverpool. I think I think they're definitely going to be moving back up into the top four. I think that fifth place finish was a disappointment, although um, they did surge at the end and yeah. almost got that top four back yes. from Newcastle. Um, so we started to see them slightly coming back to form at the end of last year, and I think some of these changes are going to be good and help push them over the top. I I'd, I'd like them a long shot to be one of the teams right there pushing City. Yeah, uh, I, I I think they'll be back uh, yeah. to their normal. I don't know if they'll be back defensively to what they were, but I, I think they sort of, uh, you, you saw towards the end of the last year, uh, they said, okay, we're a bad defensive team now. we just got to go score teams. So I think we're going to get a lot of three twos, uh, you know, four twos, uh, you know, not a, as many clean sheets as we saw, uh, you know, two or three years ago. I, I think they're going to go back uh, to about four or five years ago uh, where they were having to, 
play high energy, high scoring. And I think they have that. I think Cody Gakpo might drop into the midfield a, a little more uh, so they can get Nunez, Diaz, Sala, and Gakpo all on the field. Yeah. Slide uh, Alexander-Arnold from that le- left wing Sounds back. like a city lineup there. Yeah. I, I think they're going to copy a lot of that. <laughs> Slide Alexander-Arnold like they did with John Stones into the middle of the field where he starts spraying balls to the two outside guys. Nunez fills that hole in the middle. Hopefully he finishes a, a little better. Uh, I didn't love the odds, but I did look at uh, leading goal, goal scorer Nunez a little bit, but uh, it's just hard to sort of not see anybody but Holland uh, taking that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like the way they've uh, put the midfielders in there. I, I think there's another move they might make, too, to grab another midfielder to put in there. We'll see if Jurgen Klopp can get these guys. You probably have more futures yes. on this. I have a couple. I have win any trophy plus 115. Uh, I, I think that's really, really good value. You also have them in the Europa League. Uh, you know, that, that might be a sneaky, or they might not care <laughs> <laughs> and be out of there. Uh, but you also get, you know, the FA Cup and the uh, Moose Cup uh, as well in that one. Uh, I have, so I put 250 on them to win any trophy at plus 115. And then I have uh, one player prop, Trent Alexander. I don't know. I'm going to will a lot. 12 plus assist at plus 120 for 250. 15 plus assist at 430. 100. 17 plus assist, 10 to 1 on that one at 100. And then 20 assist at 45 to 1 at $50 on that one. De Bruyne got to 20 assist a couple years ago. Uh, Now, granted, I don't think. Trent Alexander-Arnold does occasionally have to at least pretend to drop back into a defensive position. So I don't know if he can grab that 20 assist, but I thought 45-1 to one, uh, at, at least worth the shot. And I definitely think he could get in and around that 17 mark at 10-1. Uh, to one. So uh, those are my two uh, sort of Liverpool futures that uh, I'm going with. Like I said, I, I think they can be up there. Uh, you saw I put it with the Man City, 1-2 Liverpool. I just... I thought the value was a. I was upset that a team that finished fifth and was given up goals like they were, were being respected as like the number two team in the Premier League, where I thought they should have been more around uh, that sort of Newcastle, Man United area. So what do you got here for? Well, my first. This is probably my heaviest bet I've got on futures, um, but and it's juiced a little bit. But I think it's a solid investment at minus one forty. Liverpool top four finish. Yeah, I think it's a lock. Put it in there. Uh, I think they're definitely going to finish top four. Uh, you know, potentially could compete for one. Uh, I've got them at three in my official rankings, but I think the top four is solid. I've got five thousand on yeah. that on my futures. Uh, I've got a few goal scorers off there as well. Uh, Nunez at plus eighteen hundred. I got two fifty on that, and a long shot with Gakpo at forty four to one. Uh, I got two fifty on that. I just I think Salah could see some injury problems. Uh, he's so, I, I think this young Gakbo guy uh, could yeah. be a big. I, I've, I've made some money on him in the World Cup playing <laughs> yes, for my we Dutch, did. for the Dutch team here. I think so. that's the only money we made in the group <laughs> stages. Now, granted, we recovered during the uh, knockout, but I but think I, in the group I'm, stages, Cody Gakbo was our only money. I'm hoping they play around with the lineup early and, and find something that that they can kind of get a groove in yeah. early, and and we can see a lot of goals scored. Yeah. Uh, next up in, in mine is uh, Arsenal. I'm going as number three. Now, they've 
their offseason, they've been really, really aggressive, really upgraded the roster, yeah. bring in Declan Rice, uh, bring in Kai Havertz, bring in Jurian Timber. Uh, they haven't lost a ton yet. Uh, the Shaka... Uh, leaves but you know sort that out for Declan Rice I, I'm assuming Thomas Partey goes but you know that's still 50-50 up in the air maybe they can keep him uh, around I, I think that would be good uh, I, I know Gabriel Jesus got banged up the other night but uh, I, I think through the middle I, I think they can be worthy contenders but uh, once again I'm still a little worried like last year about depth uh, they got a couple injuries last year I, I they've improved upon that but I still, it doesn't, it's not in the area of City where they, City can take injuries and just put in guys who are sometimes even better than the ones they start. <laughs> so uh, Arsenal, you saw, couldn't yeah. do that. And towards that back end, uh, when their center backs started to get banged around, they had to shuffle guys. They started leaking goals uh, all over the place. Uh, they were still able to score goals, but... It, they started giving up goals and having to be in those high shootouts, and that's what led to a, a couple of results that sort of cost them that Premier League title. I think they'll continue to be good. I, I looked at that uh, over-under noble on the point total. I think it was at 76.5. I kind of like that. I didn't end up taking it, but uh, I, I like this Arsenal team. I, I think if they can continue to stay healthy, love the Declan Rice ad. Curious to see what they do with Kai Havertz because uh, uh, we watched a lot of Chelsea. And, uh, <laughs> a, a, a lot of, uh, what should we say, opportunities present themselves with not a lot of balls uh, yeah. blitzing the back of the net with Kai Havertz there. Uh, but I, I'm curious to see how they use him here. But uh, not a ton of futures, once again, on Arsenal because I, I didn't think the value was uh, there with me uh, as well. But what do you make of Arsenal this year? Yeah, I like Arsenal. I had him uh, number two in my projection. But, um, you know, I just learned about the Gabriel Jesus injury. Uh, I may drop them behind my Liverpool in my projections. But good acquisitions, good team. They can score. Uh, You know, like you said, they started leaking a lot of goals there towards the end of the season. But we'll see if uh, some of these pickups can shore up some of those problems. But solid team. I think uh, top four finish for sure. Uh, Can they finish as high as last year? We'll see. That's why I'm a little worried because I think Newcastle has improved. Uh, Liverpool will be better. We both think Chelsea will be better. Yeah. Man United, uh, probably a little bit of a wild card. You never know. Yeah. But, uh, so I, I think that's where I get a little nervous. Uh, but nonetheless, I had one uh, future I, I liked for them. They had to win any trophy. Uh, so you get Champions League, you get uh, Premier League, and you get the uh, two, uh, you know, domestic league uh, trophies. I think they'll want to win a, a trophy this year. Uh, they sort of uh, crapped out of the two domestic leagues uh, because they were winning that Premier League. They knew they didn't have uh, enough depth to sustain. Yeah. I think they'll look to try to grab one of those uh, trophies this year. So at plus 135, I got 250 on winning any trophy for Arsenal. I've got a couple futures, and uh, one uh, I've got a top two finish. At uh, almost, it's a plus one seventy. I've got two thousand on that. Uh, I think it's going to come down between them and Liverpool uh, in that range. So uh, we'll see. I thought that was pretty good odds. And then uh, I've got another weird little uh, uh, goal scorer slash winner combo. Mm-hmm. I've got Arsenal winning, uh, but Holland being the top goal scorer in the league at sixteen to one. I got two fifty yeah, on that's that. Pretty good. 
All right, uh, let's move on to my number four team. Uh, I think I'm a little higher. This is yeah. probably one of the ones I got the most uh, futures on. Uh, Newcastle, uh, I, I love the AC Milan uh, defensive midfielder they brought in there in Tonell. Uh, bring in Harvey Barnes. Uh, really like that move off Leicester City. Uh, I, I think they could continue uh, to improve here. Uh, I, I just I like this team uh to continue to climb up there. I think they could climb up to two. Uh, I really think they're coached well. I, I loved what they do. Uh, plus, I, I think at midseason, if they need to open the books, they haven't done that yet. But I, th- as you know, if they need to open the books, they can open and buy who they need uh, because they're owned <laughs> by, well, they're owned by money. <laughs> and a lot of money. So I, I think they could improve themselves if they're sitting there uh, in January, in and around uh, the top spot, much uh, like uh, Arsenal was last year when yeah. they brought in a couple su- guys, uh, Troussant and, and stuff, uh, in that January window to try to maintain. I, I, I think the if you're looking negative here, they're going to play Champions League this year. Uh, I, I think you can say maybe 13 guys, 14 guys, they got a roster that can play with those top four teams. But if they start to st- sustain injuries uh, and start to fatigue, yeah, I, I don't know how much depth is there. So if, if that starts to come around, uh, this isn't a, a team basically in 20 years that has really played Champions League football. So this will be a totally new experience for all those guys. Uh, the fans will be all in. But I'm curious, a little bit of fatigue and what they focus on. How much do they focus on Champions League? Maybe just being there and getting out of the group is good for them. But uh, I, Maybe that's I, their new priority. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Maybe they... They don't get there that often. They focus on just <laughs> trying to creep into the top four in the Premier League and trying to make a run here at uh, Champions League. Because I certainly think they have the talent, uh, you know, 11-13, you saw them play Man City tight. You saw them play Man United tight. Uh, they certainly can play with all the teams in the Champions League. It's just can they do it consistently, consistently, uh, now that they'll be playing a lot of two times yeah. in a week. Uh, much different than playing that one time in a week, getting a whole week to prepare, than having to go, you know, fly out to Barcelona, come back, play, you know, a, a game 2 o'clock on a Saturday uh, versus one of these Premier League teams, not even the top teams. Yeah. But, you know, you run into an at Brentford having to, you know, be in Barcelona or, or be in Germany playing a, a big-time team there. So that would be my concern. But uh, I think this Newcastle team continues to build. I, I think home field is a giant fortress up there up north. I don't think a lot of teams let go in there. So uh, I, I'm big on Newcastle. What do you make of Newcastle? I, I know you are a little bit more down on it. Yeah, I, I think the added, I'm, I'm kind of like you talking about the Champions League. Yeah. I think that added stuff could make them struggle. Yeah. I thought they kind of crept up a little higher than what they should have. They almost lost the top yes. four finish last year to to Liverpool, who kind of opened the window for well, them there. I think there. you saw a little bit of that fatigue start yeah. to come in, even on the Premier League season, because mm-hmm. they made those runs in the domestic cups, trying to win those, and they had to play guys two or three times a week. So we'll see. You know, like you said, there's still some room for acquisitions yeah. to be made. They've already made a few. Um, 
but I, I just I think this is going to be a lot more added pressure and focus on them this year. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to drop a little bit. I've got them at like five or six in the yeah. Premier League. I, I, I'm curious where they end up. I don't have any futures on them, though. I got a bunch of futures, so I'll go mine. Uh, I put a $50 bet on outright winner Newcastle at 18-1. to 1. Just grab the long shot, see if yeah. it hits, you know. Straight forecast, uh, I also grabbed that one. Newcastle 1, Man, U- Man City 2, 44 to 1. See if I can hit that long shot. 50 to 1. So if they can win the league, you're probably probably combo packaging, you know, those two bets. Pretty good value there. Top 4 is where I'm going to try to make my money back here. Uh, plus 155, I put 500 on that one. So try to sort of find futures. I try to find a handful of ones that cover all my long shot bets. So you break even, and then maybe you hit one or two long shot bets to put you in the profit zone. Uh, Top six, this is where my real big money is. Minus $190, $2,000 on that one. So I'm gonna try to hit that top six, win about a grand on that one Uh, there. Winner, no Man City. Uh, so you take Man City out. Whoever wins a league, Newcastle's eight to one on that one, two hundred on that one. Any trophy for Newcastle at plus two fifty. Uh, you saw them go after those domestic cups. Almost had that one versus Man United. I think they'll go after that because I, I think Newcastle wants a cup. So maybe they. We talked about don't focus on Champions League. Focus on getting one of those yeah. domestic cups. You win money there, two fifty. I thought that was really really good value. Uh, 260 on that, and then over points, 67 and a half for Newcastle. I'm going over at minus 110, 800 on that one. So I got a lot of Newcastle uh, bets here. I'm thinking they improved uh, on last year's uh, finish. All right, let's move to Aston Villa. This is uh, an interesting one for <laughs> me because I, I loved what they did uh in the second half, really not even the second half, last two-thirds of the season, once they brought in the new coach, everything sort of stabilized. They started making good. And uh, if you took from when the coach came in to the end of the season, Villa was actually a top-four team. Uh, They have more money than you think. They haven't made quite uh, the signings, I thought, to improve the roster, but I think they've made a couple good ones. uh, Diaby, uh, who we both know from uh, Leverkusen, who we uh, enjoy losing money on <laughs> every year. Uh, but Wing, who can get down that uh, wing fast, uh, not a great finisher, but creates a lot of havoc. Uh, Tillemans from uh, Leicester City comes in there to help shore up the midfield uh, uh, a little bit. And uh, Villarreal, uh, Paul Torres, who I really, really like at center back, he helped that Villarreal team sort of bail themselves out of uh, relegation. A really, really good center back uh, in there. And then uh, Wesley Moses comes back in there. I don't know if he'll stick around. Uh, he was a pretty big uh sort of signing a handful of years ago, but it's been disappointing. Uh, But I'm curious if he finds a spot in there. He goes uh, back on loan. Uh, You know, Ollie Watkins started to come in. We both started to make money towards the end of the year where we take an Ollie Watkins to goal score uh, like every week. So I think they are a... A outside shot of maybe crashing into that top four if Liverpool's midfield uh, isn't... Uh, restructured and helps them out. They could drop back down. Uh, you mentioned Newcastle. Your fears that maybe not enough depth on that roster. Too many games. They start to fall out. Uh, you know, Chelsea. Uh, we have high hopes, but 
it, it could be just as bad <laughs> as it was last year. You know, uh, Brighton has lost a lot of guys. Brentford, no Ivan Tony for, you know, the season here. Uh, so, you know, and Tottenham, well, well, we don't even want to get into that. They're, <laughs> mind you, they're pretty low on my list here. So I think Aston Villa can maybe creep in there. And if enough things break right, they could maybe climb in that top four. I have them fifth on my list. A uh, couple futures on there. Top four, Aston Villa at plus 475. Got 250 on that. I got a big play on top six, Aston Villa. I do think they will contend for the top six uh, sort of spots here. So Villa, top six, plus 175, 500 on that. And then Aston Villa over the 58.5 points uh, on the season, 250 on that one at minus 110. So anything on Villa? Well, you're, got? you're definitely bigger on Villa than me. Now, uh, your research probably went a little bit more in-depth than mine. Uh, I've actually got them dropping a little bit more. Uh, I actually took one prop on Villa, and it was a bottom half finish. I could see at, that at three to one. Uh, I got five hundred dollars on that. Yeah, I they I believe they play European football uh, as well, so uh, they might have. Uh, they definitely don't have the depth that the uh, upper tier teams. But uh, I just I, I like the way this team fit closed. Uh, certainly the second half from January on. Uh, I, I think they could really sort of hit on that. Alright, let's uh, move to everybody's favorite team to love and hate. Um, interesting offseason. Yeah. Uh, bring in Mason Mount off Chelsea. Add another midfielder to a team I didn't really think needed a midfielder. Uh, got rid of De Gea. Uh, brings in Onana from uh, Inter, good goalkeeper, uh, but I, I'm not sure they totally needed an upgrade at goalkeeper. Uh, striker, uh, they just brought in Hoyland for $75 million. Uh, I sent you the link on that. He scored nine goals for Atlanta. <laughs> Basically did not start the whole first half of the season, was in and out of the lineup. 20 years old, I, I'm not sure is quite ready to lead the line for the pressure that's going to come to him for a $75 million euro transfer fee. Uh, I, I think they'll be well coached. They have a lot of talent, uh, but I, I think it'll be similar to last year where we're going to get a lot of games that we aren't going to be entertained by, and it's going to be a lot of one nothing. uh sort of grossness, hope Marcus Rashford scores. Play. Do you see any growth? I thought they played better towards the end of yeah. the second half of last season. Uh, Rashford got on a really good yeah. run there. Uh, I've got a few props on him. I, I think they can put some things together. Um, but like you said, they're going to They've got to be able to figure out how to score a few more goals yeah. and, and become a little bit more of an attacking powerhouse. And I don't know if they've got the pieces there. Yeah, I and they've already spent a lot of money. That's I think they're capped. Yeah. With the so Holland's Hoyland's going to be their striker, but I'm not sold he's going to be playing every day on Manchester United. I, I possibly in three to four years. He, he could be there, but that doesn't do much good on futures yeah. this year. Uh, you can try to sell me on Anthony Martial playing up the middle, but that works for about one game, and then he's off for about six with some sort of injury. So 
I see most the same, and I think a couple of these other teams have gotten better. So that's why I dropped him down. But, you know, I, I think they'll certainly be there. But uh, I I think the odds makers have this team read right from odds I saw because basically they didn't present any value to sort of be in that top four area or yeah. try to take them for champions. But There's not were, really value. But they, they were cautious on them and yeah. didn't give you like a big number for them to drop out of the top four or top six. They could certainly see that. So I, I got nothing on Manchester United. What are you looking at here with Manchester United? Yeah, I've got them moving up into that fourth spot. I think them and, and Chelsea potentially have the, the potential just to, even if they like, Hold par with what they did yeah. last year. Fill that role from where Newcastle regresses, in my opinion. And, and I, I really like Rashford, how he came on towards the end of last year. I think he could be a star this year. And I've got one prop on him. Uh, top goal scorer, 18-1. to 1. I got $500 on that. Yeah, I well, I think if Manchester <laughs> United's going to be good, he's going to have to score the goals again. Uh, so uh, that's the one I look at. Any other uh, props from Manchester United? Uh, I believe that's all I've got on them. All right. Uh, oh, well, sorry. I've got a long shot on them at 9-1. Uh, to 1. To win the whole thing. Might as well go for it. Uh, (laughs) I have mine on Newcastle. You have yours on United. Uh, Number seven, I got Chelsea here. Um, I I don't think uh, any team lost us more money during the year (laughs) than Chelsea. Maybe Leverkusen. (laughs) It's possible Leverkusen uh, lost us more. But uh, I, I think we kept taking Chelsea to uh, both teams to score, and uh, if <laughs> I think we lost that bet uh, quite a bit. Yeah. A lot of in, a lot of out. Yeah, I think if you a were awarding, awarding a championship mm-hmm. for a team, like, trying to win, <laughs> I think Chelsea would get that because they have made some moves. I don't even know where to start it. I think they will be better. Uh, you yeah. know, Pochettino comes in. I think they'll be stabilized. How much better and... While they brought a lot in, they lost a lot. They lost a lot, and they they didn't solve the main problem, which is goal score. <laughs> in Cuckoo, uh, you know, he's sort of a striker, but he's not really a striker. He likes to play out wide and come in. He scored goals for RB Leipzig, but it, it's not it's not a striker. It's yeah. not a Harry Kane. It's not an early Holland. It's, it's. We've seen this. There are a lot of guys out wide who try to come in, shots and opportunities get traded, finishes don't get uh, made, (laughs) and we just end up texting back and forth. Well, they created twenty five (laughs) opportunities, none of them finished, and and we leave disappointed. But I think they can be better. I I think the team chemistry. I, I think everything was so poisoned those last even like three months that it just led to a bad situation new start i think in cuckoo will get some goals i I don't know how much uh nicholas jackson will play but uh, i think mudrick will come in there uh you know we had the raheem sterling uh he was on a bad diet last year he's on back to his old diet he will be scoring goals this year I'm 50-50 on whether to buy that one. It's not Man City, it's Chelsea, so I don't know how many goals he will score, but I think they will be better, so I moved him up. Uh, I think there's a chance that they could climb in this top four, but uh, I I didn't make a lot of aggressive futures because I... I want to see if they can finish goals. I think defensively they'll be pretty good because uh, they bring the guy back from Brighton who was 
Yeah. On loan, who's probably one of the top young center backs in the league. Yeah, I've got a weird feeling that some pieces are going to fall together yeah. like they're supposed to this year, and they could potentially make a big jump. I've, I've got them at five, uh, just outside that top four finish. Uh, but I did take a long shot future on them to win the whole thing at 16 to one. Uh, value was a little bit there. Uh, but, I mean, they're still going to need some miracles yeah. for that. I got a couple futures on them. Top four, Chelsea at plus 125. Like I said, their value wasn't all that great. Put 500 on that. Any trophy plus 300. Uh, I put $100 on that. I think maybe they might take a couple of those domestic tournaments because they have no European play, which is the first time in, in uh, probably 8, 12 years that Chelsea yeah. hasn't had European play. The last time they didn't have European play, they ended up actually winning the Premier League. I, I don't know if we're <laughs> going to get that, uh, but I, I think they might take a couple of those domestic tournaments kind of serious yeah. uh, just to get the feel-good momentum back. So I, I like the value at 3-1 to one there uh, for Chelsea to win any trophy. Don't know if they'll get the Premier League, but I think the, keep an eye on those domestic uh, uh, tournaments on that one. Uh, number 8 for me, I have Brighton. And I'm interested to see where this team goes because this was such a good team. Uh, one of the teams we made a decent amount mm -hmm. of money off of because I, I think uh, certainly the first half, uh, nobody understood how good they were. I think they overachieved a yeah. little bit too. Though. And now the problem comes in uh, basically when you're one of these small clubs that has a lot of really, really good players. Um, they leave. They all leave and get bought. Now, if I was the owner of Brighton, I'd feel very good because I've made a lot of money this year. Um, Caicedo's still there, but I I'm guessing Chelsea ends up bringing him in by, you know, the, either in the next couple weeks or by the end of the transfer deadline. So that great midfield of McAllister and Caicedo and those guys probably gone. Uh Still, good stuff out on the wings and through the middle, and they've always been good at talent evaluation. Uh, that's how they've climbed up uh, yeah. from a team so small into. Uh, but I, I, I'm sort of wait and see here. Uh, my bets are sort of contradictory, but I think they could continue to play well. I, I love the coach they brought in there. Uh, they really even started to play better once he got in there, even though uh, under Grand Potter they played good football, but they grew even more to scoring goals. I think that will continue. Like I said, talent valuation has been great for them over the last couple of years. So I do have a bet top six plus 175, 250. But then I'm curious if the talent drain does affect them a little bit. I believe they play in Europe. They're in that Europa yeah. Compius League. That really might, they don't have the kind of depth. They do have depth, but it's really, really young. So it's not guys you're going to put in Europa Conference League games. So I'm wondering how they handle that. So I, I have Brighton finish in the bottom half, so 10 or below, at plus 300. If that talent drains too much and they need a couple of years to sort of re-sort of organize, I also worry a little bit whether that coach is going to be poached. You heard his name in some of the high jobs earlier, uh, much like Graham Potter was uh, yeah. last year. Uh, we'll get to it, but I'm curious how long the guy at Tottenham is going to last. Maybe Tottenham <laughs> goes after him. Uh, so... Plus 300, bottom fast finish for Brighton at 100. What do you make of Brighton? We liked them last year. Do you think they can sustain sort of this uh, let's go top eight sort of feel? Yeah, I've got them at eight. 
in my yeah. spot on my rankings. And you know, I was looking at the I was looking at the odds for the top ten finish and the top the bottom ten finish. I don't think they're going to drop to that bottom yeah. ten. I think they're going to hang on. But the odds just weren't good enough for the top ten yeah. finish. It wasn't worth taking a bet. I don't have any bet on them. I think they're going to kind of hang around in that slightly better than yeah. middle of the road uh, team. I don't think they're going to make a big jump. But you know, you said. I actually kind of like your three to one on the the yeah. bottom ten. I think that, that's that, decent to look at value wise. I think if you're going to look at anything, uh, that's going to be it. Because yeah. I don't think they're going to make a big jump. Yeah, I think they'll be doing good if they can stay where they're yeah. at. I, I think so as well. Uh, let's move to my next team, Brentford. Uh, another one of those teams who's run extremely well. Uh, now this is an interesting one uh, because Ivan Tomi is out. He's such a sort of a pillar uh, for them in the middle of the park. Uh, another guy, Brentford and Ivan Tony, we made a solid amount of money off of betting goal scores and betting Brentford. Uh, now, they did start to take him out of the lineup towards the end of uh, last year, and uh, I, I, they have good compliments to back him up. Nothing's quite like Tony. I think they can probably stay in that top 10 area because they're so well run uh, but I am a little bit worried of a drop off because we mentioned it somebody like Man United who doesn't have somebody in the middle to finish off goals yeah Tony is that guy always finishing them off anything that's hovering in that area header clean up he gets that goal he gets you that win and, and maybe there's a couple more ties in there where you don't get the three points because Tony slipped one in there in the 75th minute because somebody you know is too tired to mark him because yeah. he's been banging on him all day so I, I'm curious where Brentford uh, finishes here but I, I respect their process and how they bring in guys they're another one like Brighton who's really sort of replaced once they've lost guys yeah this is a team I've got dropping in my standings yeah. I've got them down to 12 so uh, I didn't take the uh, the prop on them dropping of the bottom half, but I, I think they can move down a little bit. Yeah, I I respected their thing, and I thought there was a little value here. Uh, top six, thirteen to one. That would be a bit of a reach, but thirteen to one. You know, I, I threw a little bit of money. The top half at plus one seventy five. I thought there was value there because you put Ivan Tony in this team, you're you're certainly thinking top half. So if they can replace that. Uh, I think they could finish in that. So plus 175, 250 for me. And then even if they do drop out, I think that 45 and a half point total. I think they can manufacture 48 to 52 points. Just one on their home field advantage. Yeah. Two, that they, they're they one of those teams that if you are tired and don't come to play, their effort and energy is going to win them games. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Brentford over 45 and a half total. Point total minus one ten two fifty. Uh, anything on uh, Brentford? That I, I, you have? I don't have any props on or on them or any futures. Uh, but I've got them dropping to twelve in yeah. my standings. So I've got a. Yeah, I, I ended up at nine, so yeah. I'm right on the cusp. Uh, one I'm moving up is Wolves. Uh, I, I loved what Julian Lopetegui did. Uh, they finished in that top ten for a handful of years there with Nuno Espiria Santos. Uh, they sort of needed to retool. They've gotten most of those old guys out that they brought in. Sort of retooled, put the uh, new guys in. I think this could go anyway. They really started to play good football towards the end. Now, does that bleed over and they continue to play good football? Or does that first half of last year where they really 
tipping point on the uh, relegation zone. Does that come into play? But I, I think they are run pretty well, and they got that top half. I, I think yeah. they could contend for the top ten like they did for a, about a four-year stretch there. Uh, I, I'm curious to see what this team does. Uh, I, I think I'm... I moved them in because I'm a little bit down on uh, some of these bottom-tier teams. I think we're going to have a little bit, like last year, again, maybe six, seven teams battling really, really bad in that relegation zone. So I have a couple bets on Wolves here. Uh, Top six, 50-1. to I I don't know if they'll go, but, you know, 50-1. to They finished top six a a couple times under Espirito Santos. So I do think... There's a chance there. Only $25 on that. The one I like is the top half at 6-1. to one. If they can finish in that 9-10 spot, I think there's a chance there. Uh, $50 on that one. Anything on Wolves? I've got them kind of just hovering around yeah. where they were this past year. I've got them at 13. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to break through and get into that top yeah. half. But I don't think they'll fool around with too much yeah. with the relegation area. So I think they're going to be just good enough to kind of stay safe. Yeah, I think that's where they are. And then if they have a little run there where they win some games yeah. and a couple of the teams fall back, they could grab that. That's why I like that sort of 6-1 to one hit in there. Uh, maybe things just break, and you never know towards the end, too, when teams are safe and start resting guys and not yeah. resting guys. Maybe they jump into that top 10 based on uh, nothing. 11 for me, West Ham. Uh <laughs> I don't know what to do here. They ended up winning the Europa Conference League, which weirdly then qualifies uh, them for the Europa League. Uh, So they will be playing European football once again, though they were terrible in the Premier League. And uh, we talked about it a little bit, how when you start playing European football, that taxes your depth. I I thought it really affected West Ham. You take away Declan Rice. I, I think this could be dangerous again. I don't think they'll take the Europa League as serious as they did the Conference League because I think they thought they could win it. Uh, I, I'm I'm a little worried about West Ham here. Now, they do have some players, but I, I don't think we're going to see West Ham uh, where we saw them two, three years ago where they were sort of – uh, making a move to try to fish that top six. I, I think they'll be back in. See, I've got them a little higher than you. I've got them more or less just filling the void of teams coming yeah. back. Okay. Uh, so I've got them up to nine. Oh, yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking uh, West Ham top half finish at plus 135, uh, but more or less just for them being able to kind of stay right around where they were yeah. and, and moving up a little bit due to other teams coming back. I, I think they're solid enough to, to compete and get some draws in games where they mm-hmm. shouldn't be uh, and just to get enough points to kind of stay up there. Yeah. Uh, I got no futures on West Ham. I wanted to see what they looked like early to see if they've sort of balanced themselves out or, you know, are playing like they did last year. This is one to sort of star. I think if they get off to a slow start, the coach is, is probably going to yeah. go. Uh, it and, could fall apart. And then and then once you start replacing coaches, it's you might get the one that brings you in and starts winning you games. You might get the <laughs> one that you have to fire three weeks later and bring in another one. Uh, at 12, Fulham. Uh, this one was a little weird because uh, uh, I'm assuming they brought in Raul Jimenez yeah. because I, I'm assuming Mitrovic ends up going to Saudi Arabia. Uh, you know, if Mitrovic is there, I, I think this Fulham team could be similar to what they were last year in that 8-12. to 12. <laughs> uh, 
Mitrovic leaves. I've got a big drop on them. I'm getting a little nervous that they drop. I've got them at 14 in my yeah, standings. I, I put them at 12 because Mitrovic is still there right now. But I'm pretty sure he's going to leave. Jimenez has not looked right since, you know, his skull has been cracked, which, granted, once, once the top of the head starts to be broken, <laughs> I don't he's know. He's in the older range, too. And he's starting to get older, so I don't know if he can pl- replace Mitrovic's. He was one of those where you knew he'd fill that void in the middle, and he's one of those who sat there and banged defenders, and nobody liked playing him. Yeah. So if, if Mitrovic sticks around, I, I think Fulham probably pretty safe in that range. If he's gone, I, I look to him to be more in, in your territory, and they might fall into that relegation zone. Uh, but good year last year. They got some nice surrounding pieces, but I... I, I I don't know quite where to place them uh, quite yet. Then we go to Tottenham. <laughs> I have them 13. I, it's, it's hard to gauge this till you know what Daniel Levy's totally going to do here with Harry Kane. I'm guessing Byron ponies up. Yeah. We'll get to Byron and whether they will pony up. Because if Byron brings Kane in, uh, I, I think we start to talk Champions, Champions League, League yeah, with for Bayern sure. Munich. If they don't, I think we get similar to what we got last year, where uh, one game they score six goals, the next game they're struggling to score one goal. We never quite know which uh, lottery we're going to get. Uh, and take Kane away from Tottenham. Honestly, I think offensively they probably will be okay. Slide Rillet Charleston in there, Son, Kolashevsky. They might buy another striker, you know. But I, I think we got to once again go, how are they going to be defensively? Because um, I, I don't know how many times uh, we were like, let's bet on Tottenham. And then you sent me a message three minutes later. Uh, they're already losing. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, they bring that coach in from Celtic. He's been good. He's an Australian coach everywhere he's gone. But this is quite a jump. Uh, from going sort of the Scottish Premier League where Celtic is one of the two teams who basically have all the money and nobody else can compete. So even if you aren't a good coach, you won't really know it because you're going to finish one or two no matter what. So it's hard to judge. Uh, There are a couple futures. First coach fired where he's... If there's no Kane... I, I don't think Tottenham will be patient, uh, fans-wise, will be patient with a coach out of Australia that they know nothing about, who's, a, 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 I want to say, a little quirky. And I, I'm assuming they're giving up goals. Well, uh, I've got Tottenham higher on yeah. my board, which, you know, I follow them closer than yeah. most other EPL teams. I got them at a seven. They got something going for them this year. Yeah. No Champions League. Yes, that's correct. I, <laughs> so I, th- I think they're going to be able to focus on riding the ship this year, and I think they're going to be able to perform it and not get quite up to the edge of top four, but I think they're going to stay in that top ten. Yeah, I I think you'll get a better year out of Sun, too. I, I think there was coming into the year with the World Cup. and South, He had a lot of pressure on him South in the World Korea, Cup. Yeah. The World Cup, I, I think he was fatigued. Yeah. So I, I think he'll have be better uh, this year. Uh, they bring in Madison from Leicester. Granted, you know, speaking, uh, probably the perfect Tottenham player one game. <laughs> he looks great. The next game you don't even notice he's on the pitch. Uh, it's probably Tottenham's calls. Defensively is where you worry. Uh, you know, 
I, I don't think they brought in another goalkeeper from Imperioli. That that is an upgrade from what we had last year, but I, I, I'm. It wouldn't be the level of a sort of a Premier League top six team that I would expect. I, I would expect a, a, a at least a top fifteen goalkeeper, and we're probably yeah. talking top. To be nice, maybe top thirty, <laughs> top forty-five would be. It's an upgrade from last year. I, I just worry defensively what they're going to be, and then no Kane. It's just weird. Uh, so I, I do. Th- I do think down. though, if Kane goes, that does free them up to maybe yeah. make a big time yeah. move. the The problem I worry with that is they're doing what Tottenham always does, which is basically wait till the last minute, sell Kane, and then have nothing. There. Have no time to. Go and buy, or the the everyone available yeah. good is yeah. gone. You, you're the last week, and you're throwing around for a, a random striker. Um, but I, I do have one bet: bottom half Tottenham plus five hundred. I thought there was decent value in that if they pull a Chelsea and like. Totally yeah, they were overvalued on any of the higher yeah. just because of the popularity. Touching There's, any yeah. of the top four uh, type value there. I think I think odds wise. They were like sixth favorite yeah, to top uh, four, so it was kind of overvalued. Yeah, i <laughs> not touching that. Uh, 14, I put Burnley in here. Uh, Vincent Company, I, I loved what he did with them in the championship. One of these championship teams always sort of finds a way to bounce themselves. I, I don't know if they'll climb in the top half, but I think they'll be a good football team. Uh, the ownership in there has spent pretty good money to – sort of secure this team and stick around. They were one of those teams that stuck around in the Premier League for years before they dropped off the mat two years ago. I I sort of like Burnley to be that uh, championship-level team that'll uh, sort of climb in here. Uh, So I have Burnley top six, 32-1. I don't know if they'll do that, uh, but uh, a couple years ago when Sean Dice brought them in here, they did climb in that top eight area off the championship, so maybe they can make that run again. Not over optimistic, but you know, thirty-two to one. Take a shot at it, maybe you hit it. Uh, top half is the one I, I really go for. Four seventy. I, I think there's a chance. Maybe if you know Wolves drop off, uh, your Villa drops off. Tottenham yeah. is bad. West Ham is bad. Maybe Burnley sort of sneak their way into a, a couple wins there and, and climb into the top half. Four seventy, fifty dollars on that, and then Burnley over thirty-nine and a half points. Uh, I, I think usually the cut line is about thirty-eight. I think Burnley will be well safe, so forty-three points. So I think that's pretty good value. Thirty-nine and a half, two fifty on that. Yeah, I, I've got them down flirting with relegation yeah. down here. I've got them at sixteen, so okay. uh, barely safe. Yeah, I, I. From about 14 to where I have these teams, I'm thinking any of these teams it could, get could ugly. drop. Uh, you know, I so it, I think they will be better. But it, any team I'm mentioning now, I think definitely we could be seeing it in the bottom three. Now, I think there's one team that definitely is is bottom three, and the five <laughs> probably are battling it out for uh, terrible football played for the first four months of the season, and, and then we all uh, pretend like uh, they're all of a sudden going to get it together and start winning the game, so we've had five months of evidence that they're terrible. Uh, so Sheffield United, the other uh, promoted team, they've sort of been in and out. Uh, these two teams, Burnley and Sheffield, were both uh, – 
pretty much dominated in the championship, which you'd expect because they were pretty solid uh, Premier League teams for a couple years there. Go down, bounce right back up. They haven't made the moves uh, that I, I thought they would to secure their place, which has me a little yeah. worried that maybe they're taking the payment, bounce back down, win the championship, bounce back up, you know, just collecting checks. Uh, but these bottom teams, I just don't think they're very good. I think Sheffield's uh, better than him. Uh, so I got a couple futures on it. Avoid relegation, Sheffield United 250. That's even money. And then Sheffield United over 31 and a half points. I thought that was pretty low. Even if they get relegated, yeah, I they probably can get to 35. So I put 400 on that. Anything on Sheffield? Uh, nothing. I've got them getting relegated. They haven't done but, much. Uh, I've got them going right back to yeah. Championship League, but... Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I, it, it's they might be one that comes in a little late. See if they could get a couple, uh, you know, bargain guys off those top tier teams who aren't going to sort of be in the rosters uh, to fill it out. Sort of the way, well, I shouldn't say sort of the way Nottingham Forest uh, did it. They basically spent from uh, the moment they bounced up, and until, they're barely hanging on until the moment they did. Uh, that sort of continued uh, here. Uh, they got a lot of names. I, I, I don't know a lot of quality. Um, they're my next team leading into this. I got no futures on them. I, I, I think they'll sort of be what they were last year. Solid at home, terrible on the road. Uh, enough good players to where they won't be absolutely, you know, plummeted at the bottom. But I, I think they'll certainly be in a relegation fight. Anything out of Nottingham Forest? I've got them at 17. I did take a little bit on Forest relegation at 220. Yeah. I thought that was decent since they're going to be right there on the edge. Yeah. Uh, and I put 500 on that. Yeah. Uh, I, I. They have dudes. They continued to buy this year, too. So I, I just... They didn't look good. It seems like a roster of, well, we'll just put together names. Hopefully we'll survive. Yeah. But it it didn't have much cohesion last year. I don't know if it'll have much cohesion this year. Uh, next is Crystal Palace. Uh, they closed well, but uh, I'm very confused uh, what they were doing. Uh, you know, Wilfred Zaha ended up leaving, going to Galatasaray, who's probably their best player. Now, a couple of the young kids came in. Uh, but, you know, they went young coach-wise. Uh, first year they did all right. Uh, Patrick Vieira then was, I, I don't want to say bad. They just sort of tuned him out and fell into relegation. They ended up bringing back the old man, and, and then they're bringing him back again this year. And... I just, I don't know how that works. He was, two years ago when they, he retired, you know, <laughs> out of forced retirement, they they were battling relegations out. Now, they have, they sort of overturned this roster where it's a more young roster, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they're battling around in the relegation zone so i don't have much i put one future on them relegation crystal palace six to one i thought there was decent value there uh certainly if roy hobson isn't ready to yeah. you know sustain the whole season or they get off to a slow start uh you know it, it just something seems weird about a team out of london that has pretty good money and just 
doesn't seem they seem content with being 13th or lower every year <laughs> which seems fine except for the part where maybe one year it doesn't take you all too far you end up uh down below so i don't have any props on them uh, yeah i do have them finished a little higher than you i've yeah. actually got them just outside the top 10 yeah so. which is where they live yeah. <laughs> i think they finished 12 like <laughs> 10 of the last 12 years uh, but yeah relegation six to one i thought there was value there next up everton their roster's a mess uh I don't know what to do with them. They've been battling relegation. They don't have a lot of money. A lot of in, a lot of out, but it's a lot of bad in and a lot of bad out. Uh, Deli Ali's back. Uh, hopefully he can sort of refine his career here, but I think they're going to be in a relegation battle again this year. I I don't see a lot of promise. Uh, Coaching-wise, maybe a little bit of an upgrade, but... They're going to have to win games ugly, and it's not going to be fun to watch. And maybe they do just enough, but I think they're going to be sort of hovering yeah. around the same way they've been hovering the last couple of years. They've been able to, on that last day, last two days, they've been able to stay alive. But I think that 3-1 to one relegation yeah. worth a shot, too, at $100 for me. Anything on Everton? I don't have anything on them other, other than... Other than don't watch them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last two, Luton Town. Uh, <laughs> fun story. I, they tried to bring some guys in, but they just don't have the money no. to bring they're guys. They're going to be playing in they some weird interim. We don't even know where they're going to be playing. They're gonna, <laughs> their home isn't going to be their home, I, I think. Maybe they get it together. I, I'd, I'd be very, very shocked if they could stay out of the bottom three. I just... They don't have the money. They don't have the roster to compete. There, I, I think there's a big drop off. Unfortunately, there's no value on now, betting them to be relegated. The only thing I could say is if they can get the home stadium, some of these very rich teams are, are not going to be happy playing in basically what is an AYSO bitch uh, out there. Uh, I, I see no way they aren't in the yeah. bottom three. I, anything on Luton, I, I couldn't do anything. No, there was no. I mean, once again, unless you think they survive, that would be if you think to they avoid can survive, relegation. There's some value there. Probably grab, but but I don't think there's a chance. I, I, they made that run towards the end. They weren't even really one of the top teams in the championship play all season long. They just had that good run. I, I mean, they're going to get a boost here off the payment, drop back down. Maybe they can bounce back up. But uh, it just—it'll be fun to watch the yeah. home games there. But I, I just—I—I I think this is going to be fodder for everybody. I—I I think the other thing is these other bottom teams we're talking about—they yeah. all have to pencil this game and say we've yeah. got to get—they got to win this. Yeah. Uh, last for me is Bournemouth. Yeah. Value uh, you know, here. <laughs> you know, I think we all thought Bournemouth were going down last year. Yeah. They ended up playing really good that second half of the season. Um, once again, they made a couple roster moves that I, I thought, but I don't think it's vastly that different. There, A couple of guys still might be on the move uh, from them, too, going to other teams that were uh, good last year. 
I, I think they'll be more in the relegation zone than what their value is. I, I'm grabbing relegation Bournemouth plus 240. Yeah. I, I hammered 250 yeah. on that. I got 500 on I that. I think they will be there. <laughs> I'm with you. I think they caught a nice little thing, and there just happened to be a lot of really, really bad teams in yep. the Premier League, and they sort of caught wind, and they were really bad. But they just happen to not be as bad as some of those bottom ones were playing. I'm curious if they can sustain that this year. So, uh, Bournemouth relegation plus two forty. Anything on on Bournemouth? Yeah, I got the, I got the same bet. Game. Relegation plus two forty. I got five hundred dollars on that. All right, that concludes our Premier League preview. Uh, we're gonna hit up a quick French league preview. Um, I, there's not a lot to bet here. Granted, PSG might not have Mbappe. Messi's already gone. Uh, technically, Neymar's still on the roster. Uh, he's probably going to be on the team because I, no one's taking his wages and no one's buying him. Uh, sort of a miracle. He doesn't seem to want to play in Saudi Arabia, which is the obvious place for him to go. But uh, he seems to be one who still wants to play uh, real uh Football. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, uh, so I got a couple. Uh, Lens, who uh, Lee ends, I should probably say, should I speak <laughs> with my French vernacular or my uh, English vernacular? Uh, I, I really like the way they play. I, I think they can make an, another jump uh, this year. They brought in a couple guys uh, I, I like to. Uh, the uh, DU found a basil. Uh, who I watched in the Champion League, really like him, bring him in. Uh, they did lose uh, one or two guys, but I, I, I think they'll sustain. Just like the way that's run, I, I think they can... My big bet is them in the top four, plus 115, for $200. I have them at winner, 20 to 1, because I, I think there's an off chance. PSG might be a little down this year, so it, it might open small window. <laughs> Uh, I think Lyon will be down. There's two teams I'm looking at in the French League to jump are Monaco and Lyon. Well, it's like all the news you're hearing about yeah. PSG right now. What yeah. is it? It's just where's Mbappe going? Yeah. What's happening with Mbappe? Correct. <laughs> That's a big distraction. So if they don't, I, I think so. 20 to 1 Lyon's winner, uh, 50 bucks on that. No PSG winner. I think there's better value on that. Uh, plus 450 on that yeah. one. Uh, and then top four plus 115 for Lyon's. And then Monaco, I got uh, top four plus 115. There would be another one on the no PSG winner I'd look at. Really like, I, I think they'll have a pretty good team this year. Uh, Lyon's lost a, a couple guys. I, I think they might be a slow start now. Usually they find their way into that mix. Uh, Marseille always comes with a lot of bluster, and then they usually lose uh, a couple games uh, here and there. Uh, Lille should be pretty good once again, but uh, not a ton on the French League. Anything on the French League with you? I, I, I know it's not one you pay yeah, attention to Yeah, I don't have anything on the French League. You, I'm sorry. You also don't have the BN Sports, I think, which is where all the French League is played. Uh I still have the BN Sports, so <laughs> I pop in a French League game uh, uh, during the afternoons occasionally. Uh, I do have some French League 2 bets for you. A couple of the relegated <laughs> teams I, I thought were pretty good value. So I got Bordeaux, St. Etienne, and your favorite, Angers. Angers. <laughs> 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 we'll use the French vernacular and call them Angiers. But <laughs> Bordeaux at plus 500 to win League Two. Uh, 
they're actually head and shoulders above most of the team. It's a pretty big program. I think it was a pretty big shock. They got relegated last year. They don't belong there. Uh, I, I think there's a good chance. So I put 250 on them at 5-1 to one to win League 2. Uh, St. Etienne uh, sort of does the uh, jump in, jump out, jump in, jump out. Mm-hmm. At 7-1, to one, thought good value at 100 there. And then uh, I thought... It, uh, Angiers played pretty well last year and, and just missed that cutoff point of, of dropping off. So nine to one, I thought was pretty good. League two, uh, so I put a hundred on that for uh, French League two futures. Sort of pay attention uh, to that, but uh, that rounds up. Uh, anything else on Liga? Touch on anything? <laughs> I don't. No, I, he'll have more in depth for La Liga and Bundesliga. Bundesliga. Uh, you know, not a lot of French league watching and Syria. And Syria. Uh, but I had a couple in there. Watch Lienz, uh Watch Monaco. Those would be my sort of sleeper teams to pay attention to. Uh, see where they go. Because uh, I, I think Lyon will, will be a little bit down. So maybe these two can climb in there. Uh, but you know who's going to be the dominant team in there. Mbappe, no Mbappe. Even if they lose Mbappe, they're just going to buy like a Deuce Ballad job yeah. of uh, Juventus. They already brought... Uh, Osman Dembele off the Barcelona in there. Uh, like I said, Neymar is still on the team. Uh, maybe without Messi and <laughs> Mbappe, it becomes Neymar's worlds. And you know, so I, I don't look for PSG to drop that much. So it's not all that interesting to preview the Finch League. But I think that wraps up the show. Yeah, touched on a lot. A Feedback lot around the world. Next week with uh, college football <laughs> preview, continue the NFL preview. I think we're going to hit up, uh, I think, La Liga and Serie A. And uh, we'll have some Premier League week. bets to make. And our soccer betting starts. Yeah. Next. Uh, so we'll have, have some, maybe even some NFL preseason. Maybe you want to dip into a little preseason <laughs> action. Maybe not. Uh, anyway, uh, that's our show. Be sure to like and subscribe to all our shows. We're going to have a whole bundle of uh, stuff coming at you in the next couple weeks. Our betting will start next week. More previews to come for all the soccer, uh, NFL, and college football. That's our show, and we're out. Just where I'm going to land. Only the word is crash.